All right. Welcome, everyone, to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, and I'm joined this week, as always, by my co-host, Brian Wells, along with special guest host, Kenny Cashman, who joins us from the C-Team podcast to help us out with our final episode of 2022. And we'll get things started by looking back on NFL Week 15. Of course, we'll talk about the Patriots' stunning loss to the Raiders, one of the wildest finishes to an NFL game you'll ever see, among other action from the past week, uh, while also looking ahead to Week 16, which is now underway, as the playoff push is very much going strong with only three weeks left in the season. Finally, we'll wrap up our last episode of the year like we always do by looking back on the best and worst from sports and pop culture across 2022. We'll talk about the best athletes, teams, games, and moments in sports, and also our favorites from music, TV, and film. So with that, let's get started. So I realized before we were getting started here, uh, it occurred to me what the date was, 12-21-22. I was like, oh, that's the 10-year anniversary of when the world was supposed to end. <laughs> remember when that was a thing? When the world did end, you mean? Yes. Yeah. I I remember throwing a uh, end of the world party at my parents' house that night. That's what I was about to say. You mean 10-year anniversary of your, your party? Yeah. Yeah, of, I guess. Of- that's what you want to call it. I all I remember was um, recurring guest Will Kalora grilling burgers by himself outside for everybody, and people watched the the movie Twenty Twelve in the living room. So <laughs> that was that was the idea of a party back then for us. But yeah, it was when I was like looking at the date, I was like twelve twenty one. Oh yeah, that that was the end of the world. And oh wait, it happened to be ten years ago today. It rang a bell for me, but I didn't know why. But that must have been it. Um, I think I think I was with you earlier in the day and we saw like a little kid playing with a ball that looked like the earth. And we said that that kid, it was like the earth ball and the kid was going to destroy it or something. I think I was with you, but it was mostly Franz and me who were talking about. Yeah, the I, was earth say, ball. I don't I don't remember that. But that is that like that sounds like a very uh, normal conversation for you to have. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was uh, trying to figure out how I wanted to just like intro this episode i thought there were a lot of directions to go with and that just kind of came to me when i saw the date but uh of course welcome back on he's done it kenny cashman thank you great to be back so a recurring guest uh definitely one of our more prominent ones at this point you can find him on c team podcast anywhere you can find he's done it and uh we realized before the show started that this is your first time on since September, which feels like a little bit of a, a drought for you not having you on for three months. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I feel like it's, especially during football season, I, I always have a lot to, a lot to say about football and I've had to just kind of stand on the sidelines and listen to you two talk about it and, and just yell my opinions at my phone and you guys can't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so uh, we're, we're definitely glad to have you on this one. And I will say that I thought of having you on initially just because we always end our final episode of the season with, or final episode of the year specifically with our year in review. I thought, okay, let's get a guess on. Kenny makes sense because we hadn't had you on in a while. And then it just happened that one of the wildest plays in NFL history happened to involve one of your several teams, <laughs> the, the Patriots. The Jagu- and oh. Uh, oh. Yeah, no, hey, you know, there, yes, yeah, so there were some crazy plays. Uh, really, all three of your teams are yeah, worth talking it, about. It, but was, we gotta, it was a wild weekend. We only yeah, have to talk I, about the Jaguars, though. <laughs> I did I did consider <laughs> thinking, eh, you know, it's it's Wednesday when we're recording. This won't be out until week 16 is underway. And, uh, you know, we, we have some things to talk about with week 16, but week 15 is just way too wild. And, of course, that, that Patriots-Raiders game, like, I think we might as well just get right into it. And, um probably the worst way to lose a game in NFL history uh just in terms of like how does that happen like all, all the reactions like dumbest play ever uh, plenty of hot takes and really just normal takes that have come out of this one it's been a few days now so I guess what are your your thoughts now that you've had about 72 hours to uh to dwell on this one I mean of the three of us I've definitely watched the least football I would say I've talked to people who have watched a lot more football than me. I have not had anyone give me a counter argument to this being the worst play in at least, you know, recent years, at least in terms of people who are alive today who have seen football games. No one's been able to tell me a worse play. It's the worst thing I've ever seen on the field. I, I could not. I watched I watched Antonio Brown take off his jersey and run off the field. And this was the worst <laughs> thing I've seen on a football field. It I can't even. I've seen people theorize that Jacoby Myers didn't know that the game was tied. Like I, it's not that crazy of an explanation because I don't have another, I don't have another answer to this. It's not crazy because in that moment, okay, Ramondre is running and then all of a sudden he laterals it to Jacoby Myers. And for a split second, as crazy as it sounds, he's probably thinking possibly that is it tied? Is it not tied? Like, do we actually have to win on this play? And so maybe that's, for that split second, that's what I he can was totally thinking. see that because there have been plenty of times in my life when I'm with people and we're discussing something that others know more than me about, and I will know something for a fact, and someone will contradict it, and I'll be like, I guess I'm wrong. I guess I'm wrong. This whole time, I've been faulting Jacoby Myers the most because it is insane to me to throw the ball back to Mac Jones 30 yards. But Ramondre Stevenson, while he he didn't end the play. He didn't end the game. You know, things continued after he threw it back. He had no reason to do that. So I still blame Jacoby Myers because I heard he, he said he wanted to like to have a hero moment and like all the insanely stupid thing to do. But Ramondre Stevenson should have just gone down or gone out of bounds. I don't know why he was act. I don't know why he was acting like he was trying to start a a play where they were just like, they weren't desperate. They were, it was tied. It was going overtime. Yeah. So, so Jacoby Myers definitely deserves the most blame of anybody, but I don't think Ramondre is getting enough blame for what happened on that play because he's the one that started uh, everything that happened on that play by lateraling it to Myers. Right, like Myers made the bigger mistake, but Jacoby said it, or, uh, but uh, but Ramondre said it in motion. Like the, there's no reason for him to start that desperation play. So as a non-Patriots fan, uh, you know, I think it's it's easy to kind of say Stevenson shouldn't have lateral the first time. Myers shouldn't have lateral the second time, like definitely should not have uh, in that situation. But 
isn't this all about coaching ultimately? Yes. Oh, and discipline yeah. oh, and accountability absolutely. like needs to be on them. Absolutely, because it, because the offense we talked about with Mac, of course, but also just the rest of the offense in general, they don't really believe in the coaching and and maybe that they were thinking like, oh, maybe we got to win this game right now because we're not going to win overtime just because of the way that game was going. Uh, we could talk about the stuff beforehand <laughs> later, but yeah, it's just it's just the same thing over and over again with the Patriots, especially offensively and. And yeah, they clearly don't believe in the coaching. And this is really the lowest point of the post-Brady era, at least in my opinion, because the, the Patriots, they ever since Brady left, yeah, they're they're clearly not the same team. They're they can't win on talent. Like, yes, they have some talent, but they, they don't have the most talent in the league. So what does Belichick preach more than anything? It's situ- situational football. And a play like that, I mean, it's it's one thing for, if if that were uh you know, like the Tex- the Texans or the Jets doing something like that. It's like, oh, well, they're a stupid team. Like, of course they would do something like that. But a play like that, like one of the dumbest plays we've ever seen to happen to a team that's coached by Bill Belichick, that's as low as it gets. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned, I, I agree it's the coaching. And, and I don't understand why Matt Patricia is coaching the offense. Um, you know, I, I want to, I was talking to someone about, um, about the game recently. And they, they were saying like, Oh, you got to give credit to Josh McDaniels though. And it's like, sure. But uh, you know, when it comes down to it, it wasn't Josh McDaniels that, that uh, like uh, his team won the game. They did enough to win the game, but it was the Patriots coaching that, that put, that put the nail in the coffin. Like it was the they lost the game more than the Raiders won the game. And so like, I don't know. Matt Patricia coaching the offense makes no sense to me. And I, part of me wants to be like, oh, well, you know, McDaniels knows the offense. So that helps. Maybe it did. But on this last play on the the ugliest play I've ever seen had nothing to do with McDaniels. It was just the Patriots coaching. It was Belichick and other Belichick and McDaniels. They didn't want to run a Hail Mary. They they wanted to run a drop play. They could have easily run a Hail Mary play. And yeah. Okay. So Belichick asks, like, why didn't you do that? Like, oh, well, we couldn't get to the end zone there. Like, so, like, Mac Jones, like, I know he doesn't have the strongest arm, but I I think, I think pretty much any NFL quarterback, starter or backup, can throw a Hail Mary from midfield. And so yeah, it just if you can't get mind. to the end zone from there, you shouldn't be the starting quarterback. That's insane. You shouldn't be in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. It's just no, it's I, so bad that, how that. that how that's gone because, okay, Mac Jones was drafted 15th overall, and he – he doesn't have the physical attributes like other quarterbacks, especially the ones that were taken ahead of him in that draft. But he has the accuracy, and Mac Jones was not accurate whatsoever. He was 13 for 31, and yeah. he had probably his worst game uh, of his career. I know he didn't really turn the ball over, but he was so, so inaccurate in that game. And I, I'm, I'm, I've been defending Mac Jones more than usual. Uh, I, I feel like I defend him just because of what's around him is just so, so bad that I don't blame him for, you know, for being frustrated and being frustrating. At least it shows that you're competitive and you want to win. But when you're sucking like he did in that game and you're whining, then you just look like a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that this is a game where it's like part of me still does feel a little bad for Mac Jones, just given the situation around him, just where, 
the way that Bill Belichick and the Patriots decided to approach year two for him, but th- this performance is not good. And it's like, yes, the lasting image of him, it's, he doesn't deserve to be the one who's like getting thrown to the ground by Chandler Jones on that of play. He shouldn't have been involved <laughs> at all. But you know, the, the way that it got to that point, like you said, 13 for 31, 122 yards, like that is not a good performance by him. Uh, and also, just going back to Josh McDaniel's comments, he does not deserve any credit for this game. Like this was another Raiders collapse up 17 to three at halftime. Yeah. Honestly, my thought when Stevenson breaks off that run is like, wow, the, he's going to score a touchdown here. Like I genuinely believe that he was going to find a way to score yeah. because that is just how the Raiders season has gone. I mean, like, you think about so the many worst leads. losses. Think about the worst losses of the season. Before that, you know, Colts 33-point collapse on Saturday and then maybe this one. All of the worst losses, just like, okay, what was the last game the Raiders lost? Well, there's just blowing a, a giant lead, you know, all these like 14-point fourth-quarter leads, losing to a daytime TV analyst pretending to be a head coach, losing to a quarterback who was just signed off the streets, claimed off waivers two days before the game. Oh yeah, just uh, losing, losing to Kansas City on to Monday lose Night on a, Football. Even though it's a better team, they had the lead. In that yeah, game. I mean all those like blown leads, but like to me, like losing, being the first team to ever lose on a hail mary rush attempt just feels like a natural progression for the Raiders. And of course, you know the fact that they were able to to pull this one out, I think, is like wild in its own right. And then to have this happen against the Patriots. I mean, you look at some of the worst plays of the last decade. Really, I think the two that everyone brings up. The Mark Sanchez butt fumble and the Colts fake yeah. punt thing. Both yeah. of those were against <laughs> yeah. the Patriots. And, yeah. you know, now the, the Patriots, uh, you know, they're right up there for a third play, but, you know, it did not go their well, way this time. D- don't don't forget the Miami miracle. The Miami miracle, yeah. So, yes, you know, you're Patriots right. Are two and two. <laughs> but I think, like, the biggest rebuttal to the Miami miracle is Patriots didn't lose another game until the following November after that. So, yeah. like, that was, like, I, I don't know if it was actually the start of their Super Bowl DVD, but that was kind of the... The, the mindset you can talk about with that one. But this one, just uh, all-time debacle. And I think, like, there's a lot of people who deserve blame for this and shouldn't, like, the players should have known better in this situation. But ultimately, it's it's on the coaching because if you're going to run a draw play, it's going to be, look, we're just going to run a play here and go to overtime. Don't try to do anything too crazy. But yeah, ultimately, probably should have hey, thrown a Hail Mary at top. Like, you got to yeah. let him know on that play, like, hey, if, if it's not there, just go down, just go to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, go down, go down, go out of bounds, and we go to overtime. Like you, you gotta inst- instill that in their minds uh, if it doesn't work out. I will say regarding the Josh McDaniels comment, uh, this person who I was speaking to, I think they really just wanted an uh, an in to bring up the fact that they know Josh McDaniels personally. (laughs) The the way the conversation went out there, that's the impression I got. Yeah. I mean, Um, it is tough having it happen against him as well as Chandler Jones being the guy who scores the touchdown. Like, yeah, there's, there are a lot of uh, dynamics of this play. And, um, I mean, I think just within the game itself, like there's certainly a lot to talk about. And, you know, the the big controversy in this one was the Mac Hollins um, game tying touchdown that happened I mean, just before. Yeah, that that's the thing is, yes, the last play of the game is what everyone's going to talk about for good reason. But it's overshadowing something that is that is absolutely unacceptable. The fact that. I mean, I've seen people talk about it. because this was flexed out of prime time, they didn't have the camera angles. That That is ridiculous. That's creating just an unfair advantage for for 
for the teams, depending on when they play their games, it, the camera should be consistent across the league. It's insane to not have pylon cams. It's insane that their best view was from a hundred feet away or something like zoomed in grainy a, a view. I will say where you could still see that, 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 that uh, Matt Collins toe was on the line. You'd like it's still visible. It's uh, the whole thing was absolutely insane. I, I, I don't know what, I don't know. I really don't have a lot to say about that other than it's ridiculous. And I don't think it was a touchdown. And I, I think that the fact that they can't show it and view it more clearly than they did is outrageous. Yeah. Wasn't it that they didn't have pile on cams and yeah, I think yeah, it's like only, only NBC. NBC. So yeah, the, yeah, yeah, only certain games. So they only want to get that call right. Sometimes not well, right. You know, every uh-huh. time. Yeah, I don't understand how the NFL just doesn't have better consistency. I mean, such like how much money this league makes, it really shouldn't be that difficult to get a good camera angle of any play, especially on a sideline like that using the pylon. And I I understand the idea just in general of not overturning plays unless there's indisputable evidence, but every time I watch it, it's it's hard to see like how there isn't an angle that shows that the foot is out of bounds. And I don't know how much of it was the the shoe changed things because it was like black and white, just not being able to tell where the foot actually ends, which but the toe is white. Like you would be able to see if there was, if there was anything between the white of the toe and the white of the sideline, there was no, I agree. If you know yeah. what the shoe actually looks like. So it, it, it looked it, like the angle yeah. that they showed the most, it, it looked like his toes were, were slightly out of bounds and just on that, on that mm-hmm. angle. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I I think it's outrageous. Like I, it, the league to me clearly does not care about the integrity of the game. As you said, Corey, they have so much money. They're in this brand new stadium, completely state of the art, high tech, and they can't get a camera angle of someone in the end zone. Like if there's one place to put excess cameras, it's in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Like what? <laughs> we need to be able to make sure these calls are correct. It's, it's just, it's insane to me. It's something that Belichick has been talking about for years of having, having enough cameras, having pylon cams. It reminds me of the Nikhil Harry non-touchdown when he supposedly stepped out of bounds, even though that one was even clearer. You could see that he didn't step out of bounds. It's just, it, it, the, the fact that these calls happen at all, let alone as consistently as they do, is just unacceptable to me in a league that makes so much money. They can afford to get some extra cameras. They can afford to do anything they want. They just need to get the calls right. It shows you that instant replay doesn't really work because they'll, I they'll spend they several so several minutes on trying yeah. to figure out, and then they they don't really figure it out, and people are still mad even even though they go to instant replay. <laughs> Just crazy. Yeah, the World Cup really made me realize how far behind the NFL is when it comes to replay technology, and just they <laughs> could tell when a guy's butt cheek was over the line. Like, come on. Uh-huh. It is. It's crazy how like the NFL is still using like chains and camera oh, angles. Oh, yeah. I say that. Like, I say that to myself every time I'm watching a game, and they're, it's it's inches, and and they gotta check if it's a first down. They bring on these, yeah, the, <laughs> these yeah pylons. Like we're in the year 2022, yeah. and we can't have better technology keep, to keep figure it chain, out. Keep the chains on the sideline for you know f- for nostalgia for history, but you don't need them. You don't need to bring them. Put a chip or, in the or ball just to have like, make sure the players know where the first down. Line yeah, is because sure. like, we obviously can't yeah. see the yellow line that we can see as TV viewers, but like put that on the field too. Why not? You can. I know you can. NFL. I know you can do it. Just do it. <laughs> Make the, get get color changing grass. I know it exists. <laughs> so I guess following this world. loss, are you have you given up on the the Patriots season at this point, or where where what are your your thoughts now? 
In I mean, I've given up on them doing anything. I'm still going to watch them. I'm still going to I'm still going to clap if they happen to get any more touchdowns. But they're I mean, they're done. Yep. Yeah, they're done. If if they they needed to win both the Arizona and Las Vegas game for them to even have a chance of making it, uh, because if they were to make it, they would have to win both those games and then steal at least at least one of the next three. And I'm not saying they can't beat any of the three, but they would be underdogs in all three of them. Who, who it's Bengals, Bills, and who else? Bengals, Bill, Bengals, Dolphins, and then Bills. Dolphins, and then yeah. I mean, and and yeah, there are things that could happen with so like Buffalo. What let's say what if they locked up the one seed uh, by week eighteen, and then all of a sudden they're just playing Case Keen on a bunch of backups then, and so maybe yeah, they could win that game maybe, and then what if they could beat Miami? Yeah, like what if Miami? What if it's another weather game? Uh, you, you know, yeah. Miami's more explosive. Like if it's a crappy weather game. Uh, the Patriots could win 17 to 14 or whatever. And so I'm not saying there's no chance of winning those games, but I just, I don't like their chances much at all. I I mean, three weeks in a row, I've been saying this is the game they need to win. If they lose this, they're done. I'm sick of saying it. They're just done. Yeah. I I think they're done. This is the Saturday. It's not going to matter that, uh, that game, especially the way it ended. That that's it for me. Yeah. I'm I'm with Kenny that it's just, Yes, I'll watch and root on, root on the team and, and fantasy purposes. But other than that, it's, it's it's really like yeah. In terms of playoff aspirations, no, there's no shot. Go Jags, my one <laughs> remaining team, yeah. my favorite team. Thank you, Trevor. Well, uh, before we talk about the Jags, you know, we did talk about how the Patriots' next game is against the Bengals. The Bengals just beat the Bucks this week, and positive note: this was 23 points was the second most the Bucks have scored all season. But I didn't know that stat. I don't like that. Can yeah. you want to say that? I don't want. I don't want to have heard that anymore. It was, you know, the, I think like obviously the way the Patriots lost to the Raiders, like that final play was a horrible loss. But the Bucks just like jumping out seventeen to nothing, and the way they fell apart in the second half, uh, another really bad loss for for Tom Brady and that team. I mean, Giovanni Bernard, Giovanni, 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 Giovanni Bernard is. He's a sleeper cell or a trader or something. He did this on purpose, and he, <laughs> I think he's trying to take down the Buccaneers from the inside. Uh, in all seriousness, I think that was the turning point. Him seemingly not knowing there was a fake punt call and getting hit in the face by the ball that they crumbled from there. And and Brady Brady played very poorly after that. He had multiple interceptions. He had a a solo fumble and then that botched handoff. There was a lot that went wrong, but I really think there they just crumbled after that fake punt. And I think doing something like a fake punt, it's like it's, it's high risk, high reward where, yeah, if it goes well, that's great. If it doesn't go well and it goes the way it did, you know, if he takes the snap and doesn't make the first down. Okay. But if he gets hit in the face and jumps on the ball and they turn it over on downs and then they crumble, I, I think that that's, you know, maybe not even the most important, but like the starting point. It's it's like it's it's Ramondre throwing the ball behind him. It might not be what sealed the deal, but it's what kicked things off, you know? Yeah, I just don't like the Bucks offense that much. It, it was good in the first yeah. half. It was probably the best they've looked in so long, but I don't know. Mike, Mike Evans can't get on the same page of Brady. He hasn't scored a touchdown since, I think, week four versus Kansas City when he had a couple out there. And then, and then Godwin, yeah, he's been fine. I don't know. It's just... Their offense has not looked good. It looks like everyone's declining, and then even Brady included. Yeah. Uh, I'm, and well, yes, that has something yeah. to do. Part of that it has 
something to do with what's around them. I, I've heard that story a million yeah. times uh, with the Patriots, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but it's also him as well with some of the throws he's made throws he's making and turning the ball over and yeah that second half was such an implosion five five drives in a row turning the ball over it was yeah. it was a mess i mean i don't i don't i don't think brady i i still would say brady hasn't fallen off that fateful cliff i think he's yeah i think he's declined it's, it's, but it's been, I, to say that yeah. oh I, he's totally washed i think i think that's he's had he's had down seasons before and i the the amount of passes his his receivers have dropped this season is is ridiculous i i think you know i'm not i'm not trying to push the blame off brady he's he's part of the problem but it's not you know it's not like it's just him um i think that the whole, as you were saying, I think the whole offense just is not, not firing on all cylinders. Um, I heard someone defending the team recently and saying that even after the the loss to the Bengals, that if they can pull things together and look like they did at the beginning of the season, then they have a chance. But Corey, as you said, this is the second most points they've yeah, scored. In they a game didn't this look season, good at the beginning know? of the season. Like yeah, the defense looked solid, but the, right. the offense has been terrible all year. They scored thirty one points against the Chiefs, and they lost forty one to thirty one. And a lot of that was just the whole game was playing from multiple scores behind. And that was the only time the offense played well. I mean, they just looking back at their past games, they've had a lot of like 17, 21, like all these like lower scoring outputs and even games where it feels like, Oh, they really got everything clicking. It was just, the offense was just slightly better than normal. So it's been a long season for the box. And I just, I, I don't know what's the status with Ryan Jensen. Like if him, I don't know if him coming back is even like a possibility to saving that offensive line, which I think has yeah, been the root of a back, lot of the issues. He would be but. really rusty at this point. And just so, I mean, yes, he's a good, good old line old lineman, but uh, he's, he still would be very rusty if, if he's playing in the very end of the regular season and, and possibly playoffs. It's funny to yeah, say possibly it, playoffs <laughs> because I shouldn't be saying Even that. It should be, it should be, it should be rolling division. over this division. division. It's such a bad uh, division, division, but the fact that all three, the Panthers, Falcons and Saints are all a game behind is pathetic. And I mean, look at the, look at their schedule that, okay, they have the Cardinals on Christmas and then they have the Panthers, a team that they should be, but they just, they lost to them mm-hmm. early in the year when they were, having a fire sale. <laughs> they got rid of Robbie and then uh, McCaffrey and their coach. And then all of a sudden too. they just they win. Just absolutely blown out. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, and then they have the Falcons uh, in week. So they're facing Trace McSorley, Sam Darnold and uh, Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. Yeah. That, that should be a, that should be a walk in the park for the bucks. They, they should, they should roll over and still win uh, the division at nine and eight. But, but I pause because of how bad they've looked. Like I, I can't say. I mean, it's a I lock. think they'll win the division at eight and nine. You know, I, I'm not saying they're <laughs> going to win all the games, but they're going to win the division. They're going to make the playoffs. It's it's not a guarantee. It still feels like no. they should make the playoffs. Like they should still be able to win the division. But it's, I mean that that comeback against the Saints, <laughs> like that's looking like not just the oh like fun little story. Like they needed to win that game and pull that oh, off. Yeah, can you imagine if they lost gone. both the Rams and Saints games and then did not come back? They would be last in the division. Yeah, it would be <laughs> it would be really bad. And I mean their their season it it feels like it's over at this point. And I know like the whole like spectacle and lore of oh we still got Tom Brady but like the the team around him is just it's just bad right now and it it's I fine I still I still stand by <laughs> that I think they can win a playoff game only because oh, yeah. because it's Tom Brady and they just turn it around at this time and 
they would have a well, home playoff know, game if they were to make the playoffs. And so then I don't, I don't have any confidence whatsoever in them making a run. I just, I won't, I'm, I'm just not backing down on them winning one game in the playoffs. If they were to, make I'm it. never going to have no confidence in Tom Brady, if I'm being perfectly <laughs> honest. And I am of course, extremely biased, but yeah, like, I don't think that this is a good team. I don't think that they're going to, I don't think they're going to go far, but I, I can never write them off. Um, it's, it's sad because, you know, again, they can play the Rams and, and Brady can have this crazy comeback drive uh, and win the game. He, he like tries to do the same thing. He did the same thing against the Bengals. It's just they were already losing by so much that it wasn't a, a comeback game winning drive. It was just, oh, the scoreboard doesn't look as bad. You know, like I, I feel like they need to keep it close so that at the end when they have one last touchdown drive, it pushes them ahead because they're not going to be winning at the end of the game. They just have to have it close enough that a touchdown is going to be enough. I, 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 that's a terrible place to be. And like I say, I don't have, I don't have a lot of confidence in, uh, in this team, but I, I can't, I can't have no confidence. I just can't. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that attitude and I, I do agree with the idea that they could win a home playoff game, but this team just, they feel like a shell of the teams that we've seen the past couple of years. And like, this is a team that's supposed to be very much a Super Bowl contender. And the fact that it's like, I think they can win a playoff game just shows you how, how horrible <laughs> this season has gone. And uh, I mean, on the other side, the Bengals won six in a row. So maybe they're due for a letdown against the Patriots. If you're looking for a saving grace there, but uh, they, they very much look like they're, the team that went to the Super Bowl last season and like in the same category as the Chiefs and the Bills. And it's not just a two team race in the AFC anymore. Yeah. If you told me that they'd be 10 and four at this point, I wouldn't have been surprised, but I would have been, I, I am with the way they started. Like they were owing two yeah. to start the year and they needed a, a game against the jets to get a, a win on the board for their season. And so, so yeah, they're, they're definitely, they're definitely hot right now. I mean, I'm going to put them just behind the Bills and the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, in, the same, in the same conversation, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, it, I agree with that. That the I, Chiefs I think and the that's Bills. fair. They play the Bills in Week 17 at home, which like that that could be a huge one, especially if that affects seeding. Because it, it, we have seen Joe Burrow's Bengals go into Kansas City in the AFC Championship game last year and pull out a big win. We saw them beat Tennessee on the road in the playoffs last year, but I do think it would be a tall task for them still to go at Buffalo and at Kansas City in the playoffs but if they can find a way to you know delay those uh, you know away games uh, as long as possible then I think that'll uh, very much put them in a better situation so we'll see week 17 just how close or far away they are from Buffalo but they uh, they're certainly playing their best football uh, that we've seen really ever because even that team last year was 10 and 7 like they they really didn't get hot until the playoffs so um, and I, I guess, you know, the, the box they said, they're still in first place in the NFC South. And a lot of that is thanks to the Steelers for beating the Panthers, which, uh, you know, kind of crazy to, to say that statement, just given that Carolina was five and eight going into this game and they're now five and nine, but there's only so much to really say about a Mitch Trubisky win in week 15 for a five and eight Steelers team. Like <laughs> that game just like, it, it's a nothing game for me at this point uh, and I think that like there are some positives to look at just given the fact that the Panthers couldn't run the ball after being a great running team and the Steelers stopped or like could not stop the run against Atlanta and Baltimore in the two weeks prior but 
it's you know at least like with the Patriots, like you at least say, well, there's still some hope that you know we win games, like you make it to the playoffs. Steelers aren't going to the playoffs; like they could be eliminated even with a win um, in Week 16. So this is not really a whole lot to look forward to with them. I think really the the big thing is their Week 16 game, Christmas Eve nighttime against the Las Vegas Raiders, was always immaculate reception celebration 50th anniversary of what is considered the greatest play in NFL history and it was going to be Franco Harris's number 32 retirement night well this game just got way more special given the news that this morning Franco Harris passed away at age 72 and I think he's someone who like our generation you know even whether it's as a Steelers fan or not doesn't fully appreciate as much as you know the the older generations but there's been a lot of outpouring of support and emotion and sorrow and heartbreak uh well beyond pittsburgh i mean so even presidents uh obama and biden were were making posts about like how great he was so uh there's definitely going to be a lot going into that game and it feels like that could certainly be a big momentum shift for the steelers you know on top of what was already going to be a great celebration uh, but ultimately even getting to, to seven and eight, it's, it doesn't really mean a whole lot to me at this point. I, I hate to like talk about this team, almost feeling like I'm sad that they're not going to get a top 10 pick, but that's kind of where this, uh, this little run is gone. I probably cared more about their win than you did, Corey, because it kept my, uh, my friend Tom Brady alive because <laughs> the, the Panthers, if I think they're, they might still, they, they, ha- they were in control yeah. of their own destiny. They're yeah. still they in control. Still? They still are. They still The Bucks lost too. So uh-huh. they, if they went out, are. Wow. Yeah. If yeah. they went out, they win the division. I'm just really glad that, that your Steelers, Corey, were able to, uh, able to to keep them in check i definitely had that thought that it was like bigger (laughs) panthers losing the Steelers winning yeah i will say Corey, just while we're on the topic of the steelers uh as you said before it's been a while since i've been on the podcast so i haven't had the chance to bring this up i hadn't heard until you said it on the podcast how you became a steelers fan Mm -hmm. um I like the Steelers even less now after hearing your little origin story. Yeah, no, that it's, it's something that like, I kind of thought that I've like shared uh, plenty of times over the years, but yeah, that, that was really how it all happened. It was just, I, I was decided to jump on the bandwagon, I guess. (laughs) Just, just cause you were getting made fun of because your team lost. Yes. Think about how, if I got made if I switch switch my my rooting interest every time I got made fun of for rooting for the Jaguars, you know it's uh, you know it's what's uh I, you know I don't know if we're I don't know if we're ready to transition yet but uh Cow- Cowboys Jaguars was the was yeah, the I mean we can jump right become, into it yeah the, the 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 first game that I ever rooted for the Jaguars was against the Cowboys in London in 2014 yeah, yes that's right I do yeah. remember that so this this was quite a special one for me because. Uh, I rooted for the Jaguars in 2014 because I did not like the Cowboys. Uh, I was at the the London game, and um, ever since then, I just you know I really liked uh, I really liked Blake Bortles, and I just kind of kind of jumped on the can't say bandwagon because they were not good, but uh, just just been just been a fan ever since. And I didn't think they had any chance of winning the game in London, which they did not, and I didn't think they had any chance of winning uh, against Dallas this weekend either. But uh, they pulled it off in in quite remarkable fashion. I was glad to see, uh, glad that that was the first the first American football game of the day I watched. Um, I later commented in the during the Patriots game, uh, how many overtimes were we going to see today? Because of course the World Cup and then the Jaguars. 
but the Patriots unfortunately did not go to overtime. Uh, Jaguars did. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of times I thought that they blew it. I thought that the, that Trevor Lawrence's fumble in the fourth quarter was going to be, was going to be it. I thought thought that that was the end of the game. I thought that was it too. I thought the coin toss, I thought, okay, Dallas is getting the ball. Jacksonville's defense uh, time and time again, the end of the game, they, they saved the day and, uh, it was enough. It was it was great. I I that was the only win I needed. I don't care about the Patriots. I don't care about the Buccaneers. My only team now is the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Their record is like basically what's it's six and eight. It's six right? and eight. Yeah, they're the same record the, as the same, same ballpark. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Corey, when's this coming out? Because uh, I think we can maybe say seven and eight now. Am I right? No, well, I mean it's going to be out Thursday morning before the game. Okay, but yes, well, that is just, a they're huge the same game Thursday night football. Record wise, but they have the. No, the Bucks really do have the best chance, but just, yeah, but the, the Bucks have this the best week chance. But... Turned out where Corey and I the... talked about last week how, like you know, what are the Jags' playoff chances, or or can the Titans, like, can they implode themselves? And we talked, I talked, I mentioned that, like, if if the Titans, I I thought they'd realistically, like, I had the Chargers winning that game, and they did, and then I didn't think mm-hmm. the Jags would beat the Cowboys, but if if that were to happen, which did they would be really in it and especially the way it's trending right now for Tennessee. And so I, I absolutely believe that Jacksonville has a, a real shot at the, the and uh, the AFC South division. I mean the, the, the Titans, I, I would say almost certainly are not going to blow it this week against the Texans, but the Jaguars could win the division. They could definitely win the, I don't know how it would work if, if they were, if they're tied uh, and the, and they, 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 they would, they, they would, each, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it would take a, would yeah, take so a the lot Jaguars... for them to be tied with, uh, with, with also them being one and one against each other. It's just that, you know, they're a game behind, and if it looks like the Jags would win the tiebreaker, it's it's likely that mm-hmm. it would come down to that Week 18 game. Yeah, and in in Jacksonville as well, uh, it it does like the the odds of the Jaguars pulling us off got significantly better with their win over the Cowboys and. I thought that that would be a bounce back game for Dallas yep. uh, following a s- close win over Houston. And for a while, it looks like it was. They're up 27 The first 10. half, it looked like it was just going to be all Dallas. Yeah. And the Cowboys defense is definitely banged up and uh, they, they fell apart. But even then, like it seemed like there were opportunities for, for the Cowboys to still pull it out. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I think that this game, if it hadn't happened already, like this, this game is the okay. I understand what people saw in Trevor Lawrence. I get why he was the top quarterback of this draft class. And I don't know that you could say that he's close to the elite territory yet, which I think is where you want him to be when you draft him first overall. But he's very much proven like, okay, he's not a bust. Like he is a solid NFL quarterback who is going to continue to grow, especially as the team around him starts to get better. Yeah. His surroundings are much better than what it was last year because he, because not only did they, not not only did they not just draft uh, Lawrence number one overall last year, but they also drafted his teammate ETN last year, and then he was out for the season with a foot injury in the preseason, and then and then of course the the worst of the worst uh, of, of coaches, <laughs> Urban Meyer, <laughs> yeah, uh, coaching that team. You can't call someone a bust when they come into a Jaguars organization that's a joke, and then they're coached by Urban Meyer and he's kicking people. You know, like you gotta you gotta see a little more than that. I think talked about a million times uh, about. Mac Jones' development this year and how the the coaching's been 
like just awful for him this year. Judging Mac Jones' potential on just this year alone with his, with his surroundings is like judging Trevor Lawrence's potential from just last season. Like it's just last season really was unfair and kind of a throwaway season for him. And yeah, I'm again, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, like Corey said, it's 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 a uh, this year has kind of shown that he's not a bust and that there's he's not like an elite elite quarterback or at least not yet, but he's definitely. He's obviously trending in the right direction right now. The potential is definitely there. Yeah. I will say for the Jags, uh, they they play the the Jets, the Texans, and then the Titans. All definitely winnable games. Two games that they should win. But the Texans' one win this season is against the Jags. Yeah, so. the, the Texans, I, I I meant to look it up before this. I don't think the Texans have beat the Jaguar or the Jaguars have beat the Texans since 2017. Is that accurate? It's quite possibly accurate because even like the the teams from the past couple seasons, like the the Jaguars are the worst team in the league. Like Texans have been the third worst team, but right, they right. weren't the yeah. worst because they beat the Jaguars twice. I know twenty seventeen, like that was the last time the Jacksonville made the playoffs, and then twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, Houston won the division both those years. So I'm just kind of putting two and two together there. But yeah. I mean that that's the kind of game where like. Ah, you know, Jacksonville, they're rolling, everything's going great, and then they find a way to lose to a one-win Texans team. And you're just like, how does this even happen? But, hey, this week they found a way to win. Yeah, That's no, all they I, need to do is uh, they need to just keep doing that instead. And, I, and that, It is interesting. So I assume you say they should win two games. Are you saying they should beat the Jets in Week 16 or the Titans Week 18? I'm saying that they should beat the Jets and they should handily beat the Texans, but we'll see. Like, the the the... And we'll see what happens, but I would the say the Jets are there's... favored over Jacksonville. So there's just the Jets are favored yeah. by a point and a half over Jacksonville. Yeah. I think yeah. I think that the Jaguars should win that game. It could definitely go either way, but I think based on the way those two teams have been trending, I I and again I'm biased, but I absolutely think the Jaguars should win that game. In terms of the Texans. It should be a blowout. It won't be a blowout. It's going to be a close game. Yeah, it's and in Houston. I just too, hope the Jaguars so. come out. I know. Yeah. yeah. I actually but, agree but with you, I, Kenny, though, on the tomorrow's game versus the Jets. Even though they're they're, they're slight underdogs, uh, uh, but I, I don't like. I know the Jets. They've they're they've definitely been a better team this year, and especially defensively. But yeah, their defense mm, is so great. Zach Wilson uh, it, I, is playing. I just I will never take Zach Wilson seriously. <laughs> I, I I just can't. I the, the a matchup between those two quarterbacks. I I would. Especially the way Jacksonville is trending up uh, of late, I would I I would take Jacksonville as well uh, in that game. And so I so I actually agree with you, Kenny. That uh, so even though it's a, they certainly could lose. Like it's it's yes, technically yeah, toss oh, up, could, but I yeah, think I would they could win or lose any of the last three games. Yeah. But I think that that Week 18 game is going to be huge. I think that's going to be. I think it's I, I predict it's going to be for the division. Could very well be that Sunday night football game. Uh, so one right. thing to point out with the Jets Jaguars game, it's going to be 34 degrees at game time. So that'll be an interesting test to see like how the Jaguars look. So maybe so maybe that's part of why team. Maybe that's why yeah. that Jacksonville is not 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 only like they're not not even favored. Maybe maybe the passing offense gets affected by the weather. Well, but what would you say a point and a half at home? Mm-hmm. That's not that's not good for the Jets. No, you know? if if you assume three points is a standard on right. a neutral yeah. field, then yes. Um, so yeah, that that'll certainly be uh, a, and probably the best game of Week 16, at least in, in terms of like games that mean the most. Because Week 16 slate, like it it doesn't look all that 
great. Like the, so if you're you telling have me to do family Michaels stuff. Michaels might be actually broadcasting the best game of the week. Just be, it's just possible. That, yeah, I mean, just given that every Thursday night game has sucked well, this year. Not necessarily <laughs> that how good the game will be. I'm sure there will be a lot of entertaining games that really don't have as much of a playoff impact. But what it means because, for playoff implications, this is the mm-hmm. biggest game. Well, yeah, Corey, you you wanted us to talk this week about the the most important matchups of Week 16. I was having trouble figuring out what those were. Jaguars Jets is top of my list, but beyond like, well, there's a lot of games that that don't matter as much as this one. Certainly, I would say so. Cowboys Eagles, yeah, was supposed Cowboys to be a really good one, game, but it right. It also Jalen Hurts isn't going to Jalen Hurts might not even play, which which would certainly hurt their chances of winning that game. But Gardner Minshew is a decent backup. Yeah, I, I still think the Eagles can win that one, but th- that kind of game, if Dallas goes out and wins, and these two teams played two games where the away team lost, but with their backup quarterback playing, because when they played in week six, Dak Prescott was so It was injured. Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know that we're really going to learn a ton, and even still, like the only way Dallas can catch Philly is if they win their last three and the Eagles lose their last three, even if Garner Minshew is starting. Right. Their last... Their final two games are home games against New Orleans and the Giants. So feels like they should be able to find a way to win one of those two games. No guarantee that the Cowboys beat the Titans on the road, even with Tennessee losing four in a row. So like this kind of game, I don't know if we're really going to learn a lot, like regardless of playoff implications. I don't know how much we're going to learn about these two teams and what we could expect if they meet in the playoffs. And then talking about other matchups. Packers Dolphins at one o'clock on Christmas. The, the Dolphins there they're currently I think the sixth seed right now, and uh, then the Packers. Yeah, I mean their season. I I don't believe that they're gonna make it, but they're they're technically I, not out. So, yeah, yeah, I don't believe in them just because they beat the Rams and the the Bears. Like, I, yeah, the Rams. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I need to see a lot more from the Packers. I, I mean that that's the best game on I, Christmas I, that, Day. I'm just trying to think of other options besides uh-huh. the ones we've already brought up, like that. I'm not saying like, oh, that's the, this is the game of the week. Like, no, I'm I'm a limit. Like, like Kenny said that, struggling to find other matchups that have more meaningful playoff implications than the Thursday night game tomorrow versus the, the Jags versus the Jets. Yeah, NBA should should be the the move on Christmas Day. NFL still king. I'm sure people still tune into that well, but yeah, awful Rams Broncos game, but. I, I don't follow basketball as much, but isn't isn't basketball on Christmas like a thing? It's yeah, always absolutely. been. So, there's always yeah. games every Christmas. Uh, yeah, yeah, and there's, no, five no, really there's only good one game year. every slate, uh, like on on Christmas or like time slot. I mean, there's only one game. Mm-hmm. Like I can't switch to another basketball game if it goes to commercial, right. but I can switch to the football game. So I can switch back and forth the, with football yeah. and basketball. Uh, the NFL's got Thanksgiving, but they're not taking Christmas this year, certainly. Um, I mean, I'm like, well, they I, still, I'm excited. Still, probably will because people well, are still going to tune in the NFL. Sure. But like, they're, they're not mean, good games. <laughs> I will be watching more football than basketball. I'm still excited for the Buccaneers Christmas night game, but it's not going to, hopefully, not going to be a good game. Uh, hopefully, that one's an easy one for the Buccaneers, but it's probably not going to be. I mean, what, I, what's the realistic scenario? They win like twenty to three. Like maybe. <laughs> this is, yeah, I Trace McSorley so. started for the Cardinals, so I know, Wait, well, that's why I hope it's easy for. Him. We're, we're just gonna skip the best game of the day, the Rams 
and the Broncos. No, we're not. We're not going to even mention them. The the, no, the they're not champions nope, that are already out, and the yeah, the, the most disappointing team in the NFL, the Denver Broncos. We're not going to mention that game. No, that's <laughs> it's not worth talking about those two teams. Just uh, absolute disaster seasons for both of them. <laughs> Yeah, absolute train wreck for for both teams. But at least the Rams, it was because of injuries more than anything. Yeah, and Broncos is just Broncos just straight up suck. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Now I I do have a feeling we're gonna talk about the Broncos at at some point in this episode. (laughs) Don't you worry about that. But yeah, so I mean, NFL Week 16. um, You know, it's it's not a great excuse to not spend Christmas Eve and Christmas day with your family. Like you're still going to, to focus on football during the days, but know that you're not going to be really in tune on a, you know, must watch games because I'm sure like, like I said, there'll still be some entertaining ones, but there's only so much that we're really going to get out of this from like a playoff perspective this week. So I guess any other thoughts on, on uh, the NFL, you know, week 15 slash 16, I guess, it's probably, you know, we kind of hovered over it, but maybe we should say a few words about the, the Colts blowing a 33 nothing lead to the Vikings. I guess, do you think this is more about just the Colts being a disaster or you're like, ah, oh, the Vikings, hey, they keep finding ways to win games. Like, maybe we need to take them seriously. No, I think the Vikings, you should be taken seriously. Maybe they haven't, you know, all these games haven't been against the most impressive opponents, but they're still doing it and that game was historic. You know, I I think that it's, it's noteworthy. Yes. It's the Colts and it's Matt Ryan blowing a lead, but Uh, whether I think Matt Ryan being on the team that blew the lead. Yes. Matt Ryan being present for Uh, a blown lead. It wasn't, of course it wasn't. Yeah. He didn't uh, turn the ball over specifically, uh, but uh, the Vikings had a, a they had a minus one point differential entering, which means they had a minus 34 point differential after the At first half, half. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. like for their whole season, two. which is crazy for uh-huh. a 10-win team. But so, yeah, they haven't looked super impressive. Like They have been impressive, though, because, of course, they won the division. But when they lose, they lose, they go down in flames is what it is. And it, look, I mean, they're, it looked they're, like that game was going to be one of those games where it's like, yeah. there's going to be another blowout loss and the Vikings are all oh, this fraud team. And I kind of I kind of side with people where, like, yeah, I would take – philly and san fran over them but i still think they oh, are a yeah. good team and the way they came back even though it's you know the colts especially matt ryan imploding it's it, the vikings and, and Kirk cousins they still deserve some credit for for uh, they, they 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 definitely deserve credit you know it, it it takes two teams to pull off a comeback but they uh i mean they, they play great in that one and they in the second half like they did not give up it's easy i think in that situation to just roll over and die they didn't do that and there were multiple times and we talked about officiating the the Raiders Colts game. Like there are a lot of plays where they, the calls really went against Minnesota in that game, that, that, that scoop and score that should have counted. There were two of them. The same guy ruled a, it got it ruled a dead ball. That was a horrible call that, that could have ruined history. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, I mean that same dude, um, like Chandon Sullivan or whatever in the first half, they they ruled forward progress on a play where Michael Pittman was still fighting, and that's one where you don't see that stopped all the time. <laughs> he was the one who returned two fumbles for touchdowns that didn't count. Just uh, and then of course he gets flagged complaining about that second one. Yeah, the, the refs uh, had a the the refs had a horrible weekend. Like th- that that play, the scoop and score yeah. that didn't count. The the Patriots uh, touchdown with Keelan Cole. 
I think stepping out of bounds, that one counting. It was Cole, and, not Matt Collins. Okay. You're right. Oh, yes. I, yeah, it was, it was, it was Keelan Cole, Cole yes. on yep. that touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and, then the, and then that uh, Sunday night game where the, the final oh, drive yeah. where Terry McLaurin uh, got flagged for not being in the right formation or whatever it was. and When the ref said... And, He's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're okay. And then just throws a flag. That that, that was total BS. And then and yep. then the second one, uh, the the last play of the game, uh, or last fourth down play, where it was basically a straight up pi, and they didn't even call it. So like, yeah, the refs mm-hmm. had just a horrible weekend in general. But yeah. But yeah, that 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 one, the the Vikings one, that really pissed me off, just because like in the moment, just because. It just like that could have ruined history, <laughs> like because because we could have been robbed of that. But luckily, mm-hmm. they were able to pull off a victory. And the Colts, <laughs> ever since Jeff Saturday t- has taken over the head coaching job, it, it's I, I can't imagine him being a head coach <laughs> beyond this oh, season. No, no uh, not at least at for the all. Colts. No, I mean, they're talking about firing him mid season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he just got picked up mid season. Uh, I was looking at a stat where worst fourth quarter point differential since the beginning of November. The Colts have a minus eighty-four point differential in the fourth quarter uh, since that time. The second worst is the Saints at minus thirty-five, which is not, not even, even close. close. <laughs> yeah. well, it was thirty-three nothing against the Cowboys on on Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago. I mean, is that just a another awful fourth quarter showing for them? Yeah. Really, really so. bad fourth quarter showings from the Colts. And mm-hmm. yeah. my my final thoughts on on both teams. Uh, Corey, you're right. Matt Matt Ryan isn't the one who who blew the lead necessarily, but he didn't score more points. No, I agree. I, I do think there's still a little bit. <laughs> he only on had him. one there's offensive a touchdown why... in that game. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a oh, lot was of a million Chase McLaughlin field goals, punt return touchdowns, yep. punt return touchdown. Uh, it, it was really yeah. Was it two spe- special teams or, or was a defensive touchdown? I think it was yeah. Kirk oh, pick Cousins six. Pick, the Kirk Cousins pick six, pick six in the end zone. Yeah, yeah. So there's only one offensive touchdown for the Colts the entire game. Uh huh. Uh, my my other my other comment about the Vikings is they're certainly not as good as their record would would have you believe, uh, but I feel kind of this the way about them that maybe not quite the same. But what Brian said about the Bucks, where yeah, I think they can win a playoff game. I don't think they're I don't think they're going to take the conference or anything. Um, I was disappointed earlier in the season. Kirk Cousins had the the longest uh, active streak of games in a row, consecutive games in a row with a touchdown pass. I was really hoping he would dethrone Drew Brees, who holds the record, but he did not. Uh, he 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 had a game without a touchdown pass, and uh, I, I've been spending a lot of time on on Wikipedia looking at things like this. And uh, yeah, disappointed in Kirk Cousins, but I, I think the Vikings have been not super impressive, but uh, they they've been getting it done enough that I think they're they're a team to consider. But yeah, not they're not the Eagles, they're not the 49ers, You know, you say what you want about Kirk Cousins, but he's the man in garbage time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's fair i think um this i think my biggest takeaway from this game was i had kind of just assumed that oh yeah the vikings will find a way to win the wild card round i don't know if i'm as confident like i know they pulled it off but the way they fell behind like you know not everybody is a colt especially when it come playoff time yeah. So, yeah um but anyway i think that'll do it for nfl specifically Let's move on to our year 
in review, look back on 2022 in sports and pop culture, starting with sports. And we have a lot of topics to go through, some new ones, uh, at least we didn't do last year, maybe have done in the past. But we'll uh, get things started with our team of the year. And Kenny, I'll let you as our guest start off this category. Uh, I'd like to preface this with a, a little disclaimer that pretty much the only sport I follow is football. So I'm going to be uh, heavily biased toward football. Uh, That's okay. Despite what Corey just said, uh, there's more football <laughs> to come. Uh, I, ha- I have to give team of the year to the, the Philadelphia Eagles who I expected to be, to be a good team. I expected to, you know, probably win their division, but I didn't expect this. I didn't expect them to only have one loss this late in the season. Um, I, it, you know, they they were a team that certainly was in uh they they were due to improve based on everything that the the players they acquired and and everything how things had looked last season but uh i was i was shocked when they were like the last remaining undefeated team after not that many weeks i don't remember what it was like week 5 or something um i was shocked and I, and i i didn't expect them to be like i say this late in the season only having one loss uh so i, I i'm going to give it to the philadelphia eagles yeah, the Eagles definitely have potential, but I, I think a lot of people are surprised by their their record. I thought you were going to go with the Rams there, which yeah, they, they've had a, a wild 2022 <laughs> going from Super Bowl champs uh, to, to four and eight, ten. Eight team of the year. Definitely one of the teams of the year. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so for my team of the year, this one might be kind of a wild card kind of team, uh, okay. but I was all about... <laughs> The St. Peter's Peacocks this year nice. in the tournament—they okay. were awesome. <laughs> For them to pull off the upset versus Kentucky as a 15 seed, yeah, being being in two seeded Kentucky, uh, one of the tournament favorites heading into the tournament, and then it's like, all right, like they they pulled off the big upset, but like they're they're not gonna make a run. But then all of a sudden they beat seven seeded Murray State, and they make it to the Sweet 16. And then everyone mentions, you know, a 15 seed has never made it to the Elite Eight. It got mentioned a lot, like all game versus Purdue. And they and then and then they pulled off the the upset in in that game as well. And it was funny because in my bracket I had like obviously Kentucky winning that game and then Murray State in the next round, but then I had Purdue in my uh winning that game as well. So but at this but yes, it hurt parts of my bracket, but it's like I don't care. I'm all about the the impossible uh or the the unexpected upsets uh that, that's what makes college basketball so, so great I, I really enjoy the tournament and especially because of teams like that so yeah the, the saint peak peter's peacocks uh that, that's my team of the year no doubt about it <laughs> hey i i love saint peter's for knocking out the uh the top team yeah and in, then they let you and they let your team win in the elite eight north yeah. carolina tar heels yeah of course and uh yeah, um, probably not the last time we talk about March Madness. Um, but well, actually, I'm gonna say this isn't the last time we talk about it uh, right away because I, I wrote down a couple of other teams here. Considered the Warriors, but they beat the Celtics, so like it didn't love that. Considered the the Astros, 106 win World Series champion, but. I don't love the Astros. Uh, you know, I don't hate them as much as most people. But instead, I'm going to talk about a team that did win a championship and. Um, Definitely a lot of bias uh, for those listening. I am wearing a South Carolina shirt. I'm going to go with the Gamecocks women's basketball team that won the 2022 national championship. 35-2 and last season, just a dominant team, number one all season long, and 
they capped it off in a in an extra special way that uh, I know I'm not the only one who appreciates it. Beating Junior Oriyama and the Yukon Huskies in the national championship game, his first ever loss in. 12 national championship game tries and now they're number one again this season undefeated uh, certainly looking like a team that can go back to back Don Staley has emerged as like one of the, the greatest women's coaches ever at this point uh, you know still has a ways to go to catch some of the legends like Pat Summit but uh, she's certainly turning South Carolina into a powerhouse in the women's basketball game and it's very reasonable to think that you know, maybe have stolen uh, from UConn, like that that team that is just totally dominant. Uh, just all these great recruiting classes. Leah Boston, awesome. Zaya Cook, Destiny Henderson, uh, both also members of that um, you know Final Four first team, whatever the NCAA calls it. So uh, definitely a lot of champions worth honoring, but I'll go the one for my school because there haven't been a whole lot of uh, reasons to, to talk about South Carolina sports, uh, on this podcast, but this is one, uh, you know, the women's basketball team, just another dominant year. So when with Eagles, Peacocks and game, <laughs> game yeah, a lot of birds, all birds. <laughs> all I birds. didn't know we were supposed to factor in whether or not we love a team. I hate the Eagles. We, uh, no, I'll you definitely don't have to. No, you, you, you don't have to. Like there are a lot of ways to go with that. Normally it is just like a team that wins a championship, but yeah, I, like I, I, I was thinking about picking the Avalanche, but it's like, like, yeah, okay, they, <laughs> they were the best hockey team, but I don't know, like uh-huh. Peacocks yeah. all the way. <laughs> no, there you go. That's a fun one. All right, uh, let's move on to best game, and we'll just kind of alternate. We'll we'll let Brian go first on this one. Okay, so I have three options for for this category, but I'm just gonna pick one in case you guys were going to pick the other ones. On I would like list. you so just, to. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. So, just, just take all of them. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to stick with one uh, and let you guys talk about the others probably. But uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers Raiders game week 18. That game was awesome, except the last 10 seconds, which is the, the part that Corey enjoyed. But it's not the part yeah, I enjoyed. I mean, the but fact even so, the, tie. the all four quarters and the overtime were there, I was on the edge of my seat in that game. That game was, it was very up and down with the Chargers really struggling in the in parts of that game and inexplicably going for it on fourth down at times in like their own twenty yard line. And the Raiders got up to a lead, and but then all of a sudden they're down by two touchdowns, and Herbert just led the Chargers down fourth down after fourth down, uh, needing to get back in that game and. And they were able to, yeah, get it to one possession. And then to tie the game, they needed to score on the very last play <laughs> with five seconds left. And they got the touchdown to score it and then to tie it. And then constant back and forth, million, million fourth downs uh, that were converted. It was it was, it was, was such an awesome game outside of just, yeah, I wish it ended in, in a tie. I would, I've never wanted a tie more in my life, more in my life than that game. Uh it would have just been hysterical, especially since there were like two Steelers fans in the entire building and the cameras are on them. I'm like, wow, everyone <laughs> had gone home a winner except like those two people right there. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then Mike Williams, not just Herbert, but Mike Williams had like the game of his life in that game too. And so it was kind of a disappointing result, but it was such a great game. And I, I one of my favorite things that the NFL has done is have, have a one night game in the last week of the season that determines playoff fate, like who who's in, who's out. Uh, and, and there have been a lot of great games uh, in the like the last week on Sunday night. And so 
and that's one of the examples. So I'm going to go with that game. But there are other, there are a couple other games that were on my list that will probably be on your guys' list. Yeah, so I, I was definitely happy with the outcome of that game, but that was uh, I I don't want to go back and, and really have how, how that game played out. I'm just happy with the the final score ending with one team with more points than the other. <laughs> that game was crazy. It was crazy that everyone talked the in the week leading up. Everyone talked about it ending in a tie, and it almost happened. Yeah, like yeah. I, I I was writing that off every every time people talk about. No uh, one plays for a tie. It's not going to no, happen. No, especially but, two teams. And, and the fact that, like that it actually right. almost came true, oh, right? And it's I don't so think crazy. either team was playing for a tie at no, all. No, not it, at all. The fact that it was like that, it, w- it was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will say, Brian. Uh, the other thing, my 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 honors here will be plagued by is recency bias. So it's quite possible I actually will not be mentioning something. Oh, okay. uh, one of the games, one of the three games you had. I'm going to pick the only. Full match I've ever walked watched of uh of of soccer the other football maybe you did have that written yeah, down right that was one the, of my the other, world cup. Yeah, that was one okay. of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. I watched the world cup final it's crazy I watched a soccer game you picked a uh, good one to watch the it all was good night. okay <laughs> so it's not it's not usually that good okay <laughs> no <laughs> so, I mean that was so that was one of the other ones yeah. on my list okay. like, I am not a soccer guy and. I still kind of not, but that game, the France Argentina game, that that was a hell of a game. Like even if I'm admitting that as a non soccer fan and, yeah, and you, Kenny, it was yeah. That, I'm gonna that, give the sport a chance after that. That was just, entertaining. That was good. It's just it was two nothing Argentina, and it's like all right, well Argentina looks like they got this in the bag, but then all of a sudden there's a penalty, and then Mbappe he gets the. He, he he gets the penalty kick. He gets the goal. It's like all right, it's two to one. But like, what, what are they really going to get another goal? But then all of a sudden, just two or three minutes like later, three yeah. minutes he gets later, the tying goal. It. It's like wow, after like, doing nothing all game. Blow it here, yeah. And then they go to extra time. Messi gets the goal. It's like all right, well they're up three two. They're gonna uh, they're gonna win this now. But then, but then there's another the another penalty because and, of a like yeah. a handball. Well, it hit him in the elbow. Yeah, off the elbow. You know but I mean? yeah, it, yeah, it was uh, a penalty. And then Mbappe. He gets the hat trick and he gets the another tying goal and it's like wow like this is and it was constant back and forth it, like it wasn't like it's that's kind of my problem with soccer where it's like it's not like as back and forth like hockey like I love hockey mm-hmm. but in right. that extra time it was one one shot after another like on both sides of the field and then when it got to three to three like the very end of extra time France has the ball and it looks like a breakaway and they're about to win the the World Cup but. Who's their goalie? The Argentina goalie, Martin Martinez. I forgot his name. But... Martinez. I yeah, think. Martinez. Yeah. I think yeah. he made probably the greatest save I've ever seen in my life. Like, like no matter the sport, hockey or soccer, like that, like that saved them from uh, losing the World Cup. Like he had a, a kick save uh, with with that much wide open net. Like the, for him to make that save and then penalty kicks was great drama. So that. So sorry to steal your thunder, Kenny. Like no, no, just absolutely. Giving all the no. details, but like that was one of the games, and that that was a hell of a game. Um, uh, it made me, you it made did me say you were going to let us talk. About yeah, it. right. Like I, for Kenny, did throw this out. <laughs> like because it was uh, playing during like leading up to the one o'clock slate. It made me forget about no. The- it, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a it was a good day of uh, of all sorts of football. I will say I don't I don't what, what's uh I'm still very unfamiliar with soccer. Mbappe's first goal was a uh, penalty, yep. penalty yeah. kick. His two first and third were penalty kicks. It's right, it's weird to me that that it it's considered a hat trick when two of them were penalty kicks, but I guess you don't get many hat tricks in soccer otherwise. So 
Uh, but no, it was it was entertaining. I I enjoyed it. I can't believe I'm I'm talking about soccer as a as something that I that I enjoyed. But uh, it it was good. It is it's silly to me the uh, what it they have they have uh, extra time and then yeah. the they, kick, and they keep the going even though kicks. they scored. Oh yeah, is it called, yes. called penalty kicks? Penalty again? kicks is the end. Right, the penalty kicks at the end are so silly to me because just like. <laughs> Watching it in slow motion, where the a player kicks it to the left side of the net and the goalie jumps for the right, side. like it's because you're random. just guessing. Like yeah. you just oh, there's a you're lot just of jumping and hoping. It. Yeah, it's just crazy. it is a little like praying that you're you're guessing the right. It would side. yeah, the, it would probably the, be better the, the with golden goal. The net entirely. Uh huh. Yeah, which happened. I mean, you had like the goalie for Argentina made a, a huge save, and the idea was that Argentina would have the leg up in penalty kicks because they've been in a few. Their goalie's really good at saving them. So I I well, like that in soccer it goes to penalty kicks. Like yes, it may might be a little goofy, but the game I've I've said this of hockey several times where I love hockey, but once it gets to like the third overtime, it's like all right, like let's yeah. just end this now at some point like no, I, it just i think penalty kicks make sense especially because there's there's so much less scoring in soccer like it makes sense to be like okay we're like we're just going to do the kicking thing yeah um i will say the the penalty kicks where it's just guesswork for the goalie it feels a little silly but it's also kind of it's interesting because it almost becomes like more of a psychological read of where are you going to kick this i'm just going to have to jump in that direction and hope that you do what i think you're going to do uh, it, it's it's kind of interesting, um, but I might I might watch more soccer though. I I, I, I did catch my a couple other. I'm <laughs> I'm not going to watch more soccer at least at least uh, at least for now. But when the 2026 World Cup uh, happens and it's in the U.S. And, I, and I'd imagine that the U.S. team will be better and more equipped to hopefully. possibly make Four a run at a World older. Cup. Then yep. I will be watching more <laughs> yeah no i i definitely prefer international soccer versus just like all the different european leagues but yeah. it, it's it's a beautiful game i think i've gained a lot of appreciation of it in recent years i had a lot of friends in college who were big soccer fans like they played and it just became easier for me to um slowly accept it compared to growing up in high school where it just like wasn't a thing within our circle of sports fans yeah, I'm not I'm not going to like go watch soccer games alone, but if I'm with someone who's watching, I'll watch. And that's 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 a huge step for me. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I caught I yeah, I caught a few of the I didn't see any other whole games, but I caught parts of other games and uh, even the ones that weren't the final, I like they were they, they were, were entertaining. Yeah, I mean we we talked about it. Like those quarterfinal matchups were all really entertaining. Like the, yeah, I yeah. I enjoyed the World Cup a lot this year. Even though the the US just went out in the round of 16, I I still kept watching and uh yeah, I mean I would have thrown out this as uh my game of the year That's if neither I of you did. Yeah. I expected one of you to and that that was why we didn't talk about it at the beginning. It was like it's going to come up. We'll have plenty of time to talk about it. But yeah, Messi versus Mbappe, you got like the goat going up against the the greatest or like the best player in today's game and it, it did not disappoint so uh there may be some recency bias there but i i feel like this game would have been chosen even if we did this three months from now so yeah that that was a hell of a game and did i have a real brewing interest i mean i'll admit i like i like messi uh yeah i, I was pulling I he's not on Argentina. barcelona anymore but but uh, I, I was a i'm like a bandwagon barcelona fan i i had I had Barcelona gear when I was in elementary school, and I, I even, I, I wore, I had, I had this Ronaldinho shirt when he was there, uh, in Barcelona, 
and playing for that for their team and like i had a, i had this shirt that i wore a lot uh in in school uh, when i got to wear it since i went to catholic school we never had free dress day and so uh yeah so i so i like messi and so i was kind of pulling for them and especially since you know france won in 2018 and i don't know I guess I didn't really, really mm. care deep down, but I don't know. It was just on the edge of my seat. Like, who's going to win this game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I totally was as well. And I, I agree that I love that they scheduled it for 10 a.m. Eastern time to make sure that it was over before NFL game right. started. So, yeah, no, that was it was it was good timing. So, yep. so I had three on my list. Well, I, I haven't my... given mine yet. Oh, you haven't... Okay, I figured you were... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, well, okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yes, you're right. Best game, Argentina versus France is my top answer. You said you were going to go with France, Argentina. That's why I was like, all fine, right. Fine, well, you're I'm... right. All right, fine. Yes, that's fair. Right, we'll we'll talk about I'm sorry. Out. No, no. <laughs> like, that's... Fine, yes. Argentina, France. Like, I have two others that I wouldn't put above Argentina, France. So, I guess, let me know what your other game that you considered was. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> the other game I was going to mention was Chiefs-Bills. Yes, I did write down Chiefs Bills. I yes. Now you can go. Now you can go. Go ahead. Well, Chiefs Bills. Okay, no, Chiefs Bills was another one I wrote down, and then the other one that I put was Tennessee Alabama. I think that was the best college football game of the year. Fifty-two to forty-nine, Tennessee Vols jump out to a big lead. Alabama's rallies all the way back. They end up winning on a game-winning field goal as time expires. Tennessee fans tear down the goalposts. First time they won in this historic rivalry in, I think, 16 or 17 years. Like, this is what college football is all about. Ultimately, this game, it was more of a kept Alabama out of the playoffs. Tennessee, of course, disappoints at the end of the year with a couple losses to Georgia and my Gamecocks. But, like, this, to me, was just an awesome game that uh, you just, like, take the biggest takeaway is like college football is great uh just you know the rivalries just mean so much more than at the professional level so anyway that would be the other one i would throw out there but i do believe that you know france argentina is deserving of the best game so anyway let's move on to biggest superstar so kenny why don't you get started with that one um kind of talk once more about how i have uh recency bias but um the the number one the number one that I have uh, just just because of the circumstances really and, and because of the game it's messy uh, I j- you know there was a lot of talk of of this being his last World Cup and then after he won I think he said he was he says he's not retiring yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but it was just I was also rooting for Argentina in that game and Messi was to me the clear you know X factor of the team um, and you know. I was happy for him when they were when Argentina took the took the lead in the first half. I, I was I was unhappy when 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 not France but just Mbappe really started to to make a comeback, um, and so I was I was happy with the result and I, I'm happy for Messi. Uh, I know there's like a there's a divide it seems. I don't know a lot about soccer other than this one World Cup final I watched. There's a divide between Messi and Ronaldo fans yep. it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have a I don't have a dog in that fight, but but I'm happy for Messi, and I think uh, I think this was a I think he he kind of earned this again. Uh, it's it's recency bias coming out, but there's a lot of different players that I could have chosen in the NFL, but Messi just to me stands out, especially after seeing one full game of soccer. Yeah, and he is now the most liked post in the history yeah. of the internet. It's it's crazy that like eight of the top ten Instagram posts most liked are soccer. 
People oh, yeah. love soccer. Oh, it is. See that it's, parade? <laughs> it's like who is soccer post egg yeah. and Ariana Grande. Like it's crazy. Uh, no, the it's parade insane. was nuts. The, that, that was every like the Rams one. <laughs> oh no! Every yeah, every video of like Buenos Aires and like the team landing, like it, it's just insane. Like how happy like those fans in Argentina are winning this World Cup. Uh, yeah. The, the well, the thing with Messi is that even though I like him, I I do I will say like. For you got to win, you got you got to win the World Cup. Like if yes. you want to be in that conversation of like one of the greats, like in whatever sport it is, uh, you got to you got to win the the big one. You got to yep. you got to pass yep. that final exam. And he finally did it. Yeah, and he finally did. So yeah. and then I I think I think he's the goat. Like I think that this is yeah th- I, this I, is the the ultimate cherry on top of an outstanding career. And Kenny, you're talking about like who you ha- like the dog in a fight on like the Messi or Ronaldo, like as a 100% pink hat soccer fan like not even really a real <laughs> soccer fan I will say like between those two I'm I've I've been pretty clear and I think Corey is as well that, that we're yeah, both not we're, we're messy fans guys whatsoever yeah, not fans of Ronaldo very no. much messy guys so. uh never watched a Ronaldo game but I watched a messy game so I guess I am too <laughs> yeah so for biggest superstar I picked uh Steph Curry just yeah that's be, fair. winning his fourth title and yeah it, it hurt him being the Celtics, but he's still a legend. And even though he had three championships, there's all this talk about, well, it's like, well, yeah, he has three championships, but he doesn't have an NBA finals uh, MVP. And, and he, he didn't win it that first year. And, and then Kevin Durant won the MV, NBA finals MVP those other two times. And it's like, can you really win with Steph Curry as your number one? Like, and yes, he was their number one when they won it that first year. But a lot of people have said like, well, what if Kyrie didn't get hurt? What if Kevin Love didn't get hurt? And it's like, if they if those two were, were healthy, maybe they would have won that finals. And so there was all this talk about Steph Curry, even though he has three championships, he still was like not... There was all that criticism of him not having that NBA Finals MVP and carrying by himself, pretty much, like carrying a team to a championship. And he, he pretty much did it in that Celtics series. Yes, they got a lot of contributions from from Wiggins and Poole and Clay and Draymond and 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 so on. But it was really Steph Curry, Steph Curry show in in that finals. And and yeah, I think I think that was his most impressive performance and deserved Finals MVP. And I think gets the he gets my vote for for this for this one. Yep, and he also hosted the ESPYS after that. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, he he <laughs> became a you know beyond just uh, what he did on the court. But yeah, I mean, I think Steph and Leo are both great answers here. Like I I had Messi, I had Curry, and I had one other name, and I'll go with this person who, uh, it's Aaron Judge. And I think in terms of athletes who didn't win a championship, it's hard to have a better year than he did this year. Uh, started with him being offered a contract extension by the Yankees. He turned him down. He bet on himself and he had probably the greatest walk year of all time. 62 home runs, franchise record, American league record. Just, uh, he was awesome this year wins MVP. And I know the Yankees ended up losing to the Astros and the ALCS, but the fact that they made it that far, like Aaron judge carried this team all year. Like he made them special and, uh, he was rewarded at the end of the the season with a nine year, three hundred sixty million dollar contract from New York, forty million a year until his age thirty nine season. 
Uh, he was absolute star this year. We'll see how he can uh, be able to keep it up in the coming years. It'll obviously be extremely difficult, if not impossible, to top his 2022 season. But uh, he is someone who, like, he, he, he was a huge star. And he made baseball just a little bit more relevant in uh, September during his home run chase. Well, he made it relevant because during his home run chase, you know, in the middle of a game, <laughs> They would just cut off to Aaron Judge and like, oh, here comes the pursuit of 62 and it's just strike out, not ground out. out. Oh, yeah. Uh. (laughs) Got to a point where it's like, all right, like, dude, just, just hit the home run already. And I don't, (laughs) I don't want to blame him. It's more of an ESPN (laughs) kind of thing where it's just, oh wow, like we gotta, we gotta, uh, we gotta step away from this game. We gotta, we gotta show Aaron Judge's at bat and then him just grounding out and whatever. That's the only criticism I have of that, but. But, you know, he had a great year, and, yeah, he's back with the Yankees, which, I don't know, like, that that sucks, but um, whatever. <laughs> I hope he doesn't prove to be worth the contract, but... True, you know, right. 2022 will out. always stand forever. Yeah. So, all right, let's go on to Breakthrough Athlete. So, this guy's already shown that he's he's good, but... I don't think Jalen Hurts has proven that he's this one of the great quarterbacks of the league uh, until this year, and I think he's had an awesome season. And uh, it sucks that he might not win MVP if he does miss the next game or two, and they'll probably go to Mahomes. But I think Jalen Hurts has really proven this year that he's not just a running quarterback and that he can do a lot of things. And I think I think he's shown this year. That, I, I don't know. I think the guy's a winner. I, I, I like Jalen Hurts a lot. It, it's, it sucks again complimenting the Eagles. Uh, on something, but I don't know. Just there, there are things I like about the the current Eagles team, and and he's certainly one of those guys. And he's having an awesome season, so yeah, he gets my vote for this one. Yeah, I mean, the thought was the Eagles could be contenders this year if Hertz played well, and right. well, he's and an MVP is, candidate. Now they're arguably the best team in the league. Yeah, which is exactly what happened. What's happening right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it goes hand in hand with you know me saying Eagles are team of the year. I expected them to do well. I didn't expect them to be great uh, in the way that they are. Um, So yeah, I I agree with this. I didn't personally have him down for my pick. I had a a different uh, NFL quarterback who's, who's much less of a star. Uh, But this is my, my pick is a little bit more of a, a comeback story than a, than a, from, from the ground up story. This guy, you know, he's, he, he started hot and he hasn't been doing as well. They could still make the playoffs. I picked Geno Smith. I think it's crazy. It, it, it was, it was crazy to see Russell Wilson go to Denver and and be horrible, and then have have Seattle do what they did at the beginning of the season with Geno Smith, and they could still make the playoffs. I, you know, I I think that they, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if they still made the playoffs. Do I think they want a playoff game? No, but I think Geno Smith uh, deserves praise. I think it's crazy that uh, after after. Pretty much to me, being a joke of a name, uh, he was able to to come in and and you know yeah he has a good team around him he has a good coach but he's he's still been doing it you know so I I was very impressed with him this season and he you know with with players like uh, with J- like Jalen Hurts like you said I expected him to be good I didn't know if he was going to be great I didn't know if this was the year or if it would take a little longer I never expected Geno Smith to to show up on anyone's radar in any way. Uh, so I was, I've just been very impressed with him. I've been impressed with Seattle. Uh, and yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think Geno Smith deserves praise and he's gotten some it's people have stopped talking about it because 
you know, they haven't been doing as well, but uh, I still think it's worth mentioning. Yeah, I, I was looking at odds for comeback play of the year, and it's really been a two-man race with Gino and Saquon, but now it's Gino and then McCaffrey and Goff. And yes, those guys have had yeah, good years, like, yeah. but I would yeah. easily pick Gino in this award. Like, And so it might his chances might be hurt if they miss the playoffs, but like you said, like the what were we expe- I wasn't expecting Seattle to win seven games all year. Not at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The fact that they're in discussion of, in terms of the playoffs is impressive. And, then, and the Broncos are like not <laughs> like they're so no, not even. Cl- we'll talk about yeah, the Broncos. Well, yeah. Don't you worry. We'll talk about uh, the yeah. And so yeah, the Seahawks like have, are are contenders for the playoffs, and a lot of that has to do with the sex sex of uh, Geno Smith. So that's a good choice. Yeah. So Geno Smith. Um, he had an iconic line after that week one win that, you know, people wrote him off. He didn't write back and it didn't really take him all that seriously after that one win. But, you know, the fact that he's uh, led Seattle to this great of a season playing as well as he has definitely a fair person to consider here. Um, So for my breakthrough athlete, it's not a player from the NFL. In fact, it's going to be someone from a sport that we haven't really talked about. And that is Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche. And this is him breaking out from being a good player, known commodity to legitimately in the discussion for best player in hockey following just an incredible 21, 22 season for him, uh, making the all-star team and ultimately winning the Conn Smythe Trophy. He also won the Norris Trophy for best defenseman, Conn Smythe uh, for playoff MVP. He was the best player on the the best team of the past few seasons, the Colorado Avalanche. Like They have been up there. They finally break through, win a championship. And I will say that I came up with Kale McCarr as my answer here before the news on Monday night when he was the beneficiary of a tripping penalty and he told the ref no i just slipped and fell the guy didn't trip me don't give him a penalty so now he's probably end up winning the lady bing trophy just at a you know for sportsmanship add another one to his collection so a uh, little off the beaten path going with hockey here i consider john morant but i i wanted to to talk about a sport we haven't that's why i went with my car yeah i i, I was yeah. gonna mention hockey with team you know team of the year but uh i couldn't help but you know pick pick the St. Peter's Peacocks. <laughs> I, I love hockey. Uh, I have not paid any attention to it whatsoever. I've never heard of this guy, but uh, he won the cosplay. He sounds nice. Yeah. it's. I do not pay attention to hockey anymore, unfortunately. Uh, but not that that's, that's really cool that he, that he, you know, owned up about a, what would have been a, a false penalty. That's, that's cool. I feel like you don't see that a lot. No, never. I, I can't think of the time I saw it in real life. Like, does that, yeah. I think it's like a Gatorade commercial or something, <laughs> or like the, the basketball player. But yeah, you don't yeah. see that in real life. So anyway, how about the best moment of the year in sports? Uh, this is, again, extremely biased. Uh, best, fine. best is subjective. I want to, yes. I want to remind everyone how subjective <laughs> it is. Uh, but uh, I'm going with uh, NFL Week Three, Dolphins Bills. It's the butt punt. It's the butt <laughs> punt. It's the greatest play of the year. It's the greatest play ever. It's whatever you're going with that. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I well before before you get to that, Kenny, I remember uh, we were at the game, the Ravens Patriots game. Yeah, I was telling yeah, you yeah. like like 
Oh my God! The Bills punter punted it off the <laughs> yeah. guys. Uh, the guys at, or is Dolphins punter? The Dolphins, Dolphins, Dolphins yeah, punter yeah. punted off the guy's ass, and I showed you the video. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. it, it was. It was ruled a blocked punt, and then it was. Uh, it was changed <laughs> to be. Uh, to be just a loss. The, the the reason though, I have a you know yes, it's silly, haha. Very very funny to watch the Dolphins do something stupid. But I have a, I have a, a bit of a more legitimate reason. Um, and this isn't like. This isn't a novel thing, I'm sure, uh, a novel observation. But all four AFC East teams are now involved in 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 uh, in, in butt plays. That's ec- that's excellent. The, oh, we got the yeah, butt fumble true. with the Patriots Jets <laughs> and the butt punt with the Dolphins Bill. That's great. We, we, it's complete. It's you know they're the they're the butt division, and that's why I think it's the greatest play of 2022. Because ten years later, ten years, nearly ten years after the after after the butt fumble, we get the butt punt, and it just it's it's perfect. It's just perfect. I couldn't have asked for anything more. <laughs> all right so for i did not see that coming yeah i didn't either <laughs> so for uh my uh number one moment of the well it's not mine I, I, so i'm gonna go with my backup because my number one is gonna be Corey's answer so i'm just gonna give his okay. give the number one answer to him uh so i'm gonna go with the backup answer for mine uh dusty baker winning a finally winning a world series i think that's i think yes the Astros aren't the most likable team but but Dusty Baker's a likable guy, likable manager. Even though he's has has made questionable decisions, uh, in game managerial decisions in the past and yeah, isn't the best manager, but he's definitely one of the most likable managers uh in the game. And he definitely deserved to win one World Series. And so for him to finally break through and, and win one was a cool moment. So I'm gonna go with that. That that would I think if I looked at it objectively um that would that was certainly up there for one of my 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 options in this um but my best moment uh in sports in 2022 it's my personal or, or favorite just life moment. in general right <laughs> it's it's up there it's it has to be you know top five moments um it was UNC beating Duke in the the final four this yeah. year. I mean, this and like, yes, that is as a North Carolina Tar Heels basketball fan, beating your arch rival in their head coach's last game is going to be great. But because of that, it also it makes this like a legitimate answer, too, because you're talking about arguably the biggest rivalry, not just college basketball, but all of sports. Like it's very much up there. And this is so Duke's head coach, Mike Krzyzewski, legend of the game. He announces before the season he's going to go on a retirement tour and he's going to, you know, have, have this big deal about how his season is going to play out. And Duke ends up being this really good team. They make it all the way to the final four and who they face eight seeded North Carolina Tar Heels. You make this surprise run after a mediocre season all the way to New Orleans. And this is the first time they've ever played in the NCAA tournament. So this is arguably the biggest game ever in college basketball history. And uh, back and forth game, just like edge of your seat, just uh, lots of emotions throughout this one. And the Tar Heels pull it out 81 to 77. I had the time of my life that night. Just an incredible moment for me. And yeah, it sucked losing in the national championship game to Kansas two nights later. But it it's my personal bias favorite moment, but I, I think that it's fair to call it the best moment just overall, just given the the history and all the emotions and like all those different factors that went into this one. Yeah. So that's why I, I let I, you have that one. <laughs> I, I like the fact that you even considered it like that. Yeah, very much. I was considering him. I'm like, no, I'm just going to let you. Have uh, 
Yeah, it was like I like went through it. I was like, do I have like another answer? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think there's anything that comes close to that. Yeah, so, even though I don't, um, I certainly don't have the like personal rooting interest like you do. I mean, that was wild. <laughs> the mm-hmm. fact that it was his last season, and that's and that's how it goes out is the 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 biggest rivalry in college basketball. Have the two teams yep. I've never met in the in, in the tournament just happened to meet in the final four of coach K's last year and they blow it. <laughs> like it, it's, it's pretty this, funny to look back. This is on. incredible. Yeah. yeah. Could not, could not have written a better script myself. Yeah. I, I, if I were coach K, I, I couldn't even, I would have come, I would have come back another year. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't live with that. <laughs> I would have come yeah. back another season. If, if that tough, was the way I was tough going way out. to have it end. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's do a category. I don't know if we've done it in the past. We didn't do it last year, but that is biggest upset. So, Brian, I I kind of have yeah. an idea we're going to go on this one, but we'll see. No, so, so I mean, like, I was going to pick, like, some sort of St. Pierce Peacocks thing, but it's like, you know, I'm going to go with that as, as uh, best team. Okay. Uh, that's fair. But, so, Kenny's mentioned several times already recency bias, but uh, this game wasn't really supposed to be an upset. But the Colts were because the Colts were underdogs heading into the game, but they're up thirty-three to nothing at the end of that end of the first half, and thinking, okay, there's no way that that they're gonna lose now, right? Like, no. So Matt Ryan yeah. ends up he ends up having the 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 biggest blown lead in Super Bowl history, and now he has the biggest blown lead in in just NFL history in general. That's which is just wild, and that was such a wild game, and yeah. Even though, again, the Colts were not favored heading in the game, they were certainly certainly were heading into that first, uh, end of the first half, thinking it was over. But yeah, the Vikings. I mean, I'm sure Matt Ryan was upset. Yeah, and that too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's upset, <laughs> thinking like, "Man, I did. Did I really uh, come back uh, another year uh, on a different team just for this, <laughs> just to get more humiliation and more ridicule about blowing big leads?" Like, yeah. So, so I'm gonna go with that. Uh, that game. Yeah, it's a tough way to, uh, to finally move on past 28 to 3. Yeah. 33 yeah. nothing now. <laughs> I still prefer 28 to 3. Uh I don't have a good answer for this. Um I have an answer, but it is it's more factual uh I believe anyway. I okay. think the biggest upset and this made me upset as well. <laughs> I think the biggest upset uh statistically uh this year in the NFL, at least this season, was a uh, Buccaneers playing uh, playing the Carolina Panthers and losing twenty one to three. I think it was seventeen and a half point favorites, and then they really lose by <laughs> by eighteen, and they lost by eighteen. <laughs> yeah, I believe it was seventeen and a half. Um, it's you know, like I said, I, I I don't have a I don't have a great answer to this. I, I think there are probably better answers in other sports, but again, my knowledge is fairly limited to uh, to football. But yeah, that was, I mean, certainly a big, I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily think that they were going to win by, by 17 plus points. Uh, but I thought the Buccaneers were going to win the game. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I'd, I'd say, you know, that's, uh, again, it's, it's NFL, but I think, I think factually the biggest upset of, of the season, at least. I thought of another one, but I'll let Corey go first. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that Kenny would just go with St. Peter's over Kentucky just to not go with an NFL answer after (laughs) Brian just throwing it out. (laughs) No, I mean, it was on the radar, but Uh I felt like, you know, we'd already talked about it. We'd mentioned it. Yeah, which is fair. Uh 
I mean, it's it's so obvious. I you know uh, I didn't want to be too obvious. No, and I, I get that, and uh, that was one that I had written down here. But uh, my my answer is going to be one that I'm I'm curious if either of you had considered, and that is Rich Strike winning the Kentucky Derby, eighty to one odds, the oh second longest odds in the nearly <laughs> oh, hundred fifty year history. Yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, it was back in May, but yeah, that might have actually been like in terms of you know statistically the the biggest upset of the year and it's just like an incredible story of how this happened rich strike wasn't even supposed to race he was or the the trainer um something reed i can't remember the guy's name i I looked it up earlier but he was told the morning before like that friday morning race on saturday that nope there's no one that is uh having to withdraw from the race so sorry uh you're not going to be able to to run rich strike and the so he's looking to run him a race in Cincinnati instead. He's like, all right, I don't have to do the Kentucky Derby. But then he finds out, oh, guess what? Actually, this other horse is withdrawing, so you can race. And it was like 30 seconds before the deadline that they found out. So just incredible how Rich Strike was barely able to enter this race. And 80 to 1 odds, just incredible long shot. The you know the the trainer and the the jockey were like, yeah, I kind of think that this horse could maybe make some noise. Never did they expect rich strike to be able to win this whole thing i think after a half mile 18th place out of 20 and then just hits uh hits the home stretch four horse links out the outside of the rails and just out of nowhere uh, in the, the, a race. the replay like, of the last uh like what half mile or whatever where uh, he's, he's like all the way in the back and then all of a sudden he just turns on the jets and just passes everyone that was so crazy it was, it was that's, wild. that's the right yeah. answer I, I i hate that i forgot about that because that's such a good answer yeah rich yeah i mean it, out, of, out of nowhere i don't think like about one horse race i know yeah i don't think about horse racing very often yeah, but I, uh when i was reminded of this is like it, they, you gotta go with rich the, the, o- the only time i've put money on on horse racing is in the 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 <laughs> in vegas with the the, the not even like yeah. actual horses like the the, uh. <laughs> the arcade thing that's the only time i've ever put money on on horse horse racing but yeah I, I was i was in vegas for the 2019 kentucky derby i i did not win anything uh, i should have won something but i think it was maximum security it was a horse that got right. disqualified after winning yeah so that was tough uh definitely turned me off from betting on the derby in the future but i always like to tune in just because you know it's, it's yeah fun you tune in like it's just two, two minute minutes, race like whatever yeah, yeah. I, i've uh, never put yeah, i remember this I, I remember this, but it was never on my radar, even a little bit. Yeah. Like, I, I, I should, it should have been on my radar. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I remember when, like, days before the the Kentucky Derby, like, I've never put money on racehorsing because I don't, I don't know anything about it. But I, I was reading this article of a guy who, like, knows, like, all the ins and outs of it. And he gave, like, all these paragraphs of, like, each horse and, like, all the – all like, all the angles on, like, where you could bet and, and all this all these things. And then – when it got to Rich Strike, it's just like don't bother. It's like the one horse <laughs> that he doesn't put a. I don't know uh, who it was, but like the one horse in his article, he's like, yeah, don't even bother with this horse. <laughs> ends up winning yeah, it all. Ends up winning it. <laughs> Insane. Um, yeah. So that was the the other one that that came to mind. It's not like a huge upset, but the way it happened was was crazy. Uh, the Suns and the Mavericks in Game Seven. Oh where, yeah, like uh, that. Like the I, Dallas just blew them out. Uh, yeah. Where, you know, the Suns, they were that defending was, Western Conference champions uh, and they look like they're about to face the Warriors. But then all of a sudden, yeah, game seven on their home court, definitely favored. And then all of a sudden they just lose by like 40 or whatever it was. And just that was definitely a kind of a big upset. 
Yeah, um, I was actually trying to think of a way to sneak that one in here. I guess you know that yeah. that would have been a, the most logical way to do it. Right. Um, yeah. So, and then I guess just going back to the World Cup, pretty much sim- similar vein to St. Peter's. Any of Morocco's? Wins, yeah, Morocco. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I almost making it to Morocco, the final yeah. four. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I guess their win over Portugal was the last one, but I mean, they they were certainly a big story in that World Cup. So, all right, let's move start moving into more of the negative side, uh, and let's go with biggest controversy. So, there's a lot of ways you could go with this one, uh, but Kenny, why don't you get started here? Yeah, I had a couple of options. Uh, Unfortunately, once again, we're talking the NFL. Uh, <laughs> this one started in 2021, but it certainly, uh, certainly bled into 2022. Uh, it's Deshaun Watson. It's Deshaun Watson's uh, whole scandal and the fact that he is back on the field. Um, certainly controversial. Uh, you know, I, I frankly don't remember a lot of the specifics uh, regarding just how they ended up at the decision for him to miss uh, third. Team it was 11 games, 11 games, 11 yeah. games. Um, but I believe it was something along the lines of the NFL, the NFL wanted to punish him more, but yeah, but, uh, they, they were essentially unable, I think, because of the he was found not guilty in court, um, or it might have had to do with the NFLPA. In any case, uh, I don't like him, I don't like him, and it's uh, I, I, I had to bring it up because I don't like that he's back on the field, uh, and that he's he's getting to throw the throw the big the big ball around. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I mean, that was extremely controversial. There are a lot of takes on that. Whether some people were trying to say yeah. he didn't shouldn't be punished at all because he was found not or not found guilty. He wasn't found not guilty. This chose not to press. Right. You know, pursue. He, and he still has a lot of civil suits. Yeah, yeah. No, that that is a definitely only a, a two dozen this year. <laughs> yeah, that's not that many. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah, I mean that 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 was certainly a huge scenario, and and even though yes, twenty twenty one it started like twenty twenty two was a big controversy with the Browns right. trading for him, signing him to the huge contract. Like I think that's when it really took off. So yeah, yeah so the one that I'm gonna go with for biggest controversy, I'm gonna go with the live tour. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I thought I, you would. Corey probably figured I was gonna pick that, and <laughs> yeah, it's just I, I I definitely follow the PGA tour more than more than the like, average sports fan. And it honestly, it sucks that a decent amount of not just golfers, but like big name golfers are now on that tour and, and, you know, taking the shady Saudi Arabian money. And I don't know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. And, and, but a lot of people aren't (laughs) rightfully so. And everyone has their own opinions, but yeah, it's, it's not, it, I don't know. I don't love it. I'm, I don't, I'm not going to even pay attention to that tour. Um, and and people have stronger opinions than I do about it. Like I don't. My my strongest take is that I don't like it. But there are people that like literally legitimately hate it, and there were even protesters, like nine eleven protesters, outside of some of the events. And and you know, big names like Bryson, Kepka, Dustin Johnson, uh, and Phil. Like like all like those are like four yep. of the the top what ten biggest names in golf. Are, yeah, are I mean, on that Cam tour. Smith wins the open. Yeah, goes yeah Cameron the, Smith the wins tour. the wins the open, and then just immediately goes to goes to the, the that tour, and there are just a lot of other names that are there now. And it's it's really divided them and the PGA Tour, where mm-hmm. I don't like you don't get to see the best players uh, all the time now. Now the Masters, they had this thing where they they came out and let them know that 
if they're qualified, they're welcome to play on the play at Augusta, which is so like, that's great. Um, like I'm still, I would still want them to play majors, but who knows what will happen with the other three majors. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a controversy in 2022, but it might, it might be a ongoing controversy into, into future years. Yeah, it definitely will be. Of course, there's the talks of are they going to end up merging together? Like, how are these these tours going to work out? Which just seems like, isn't that just the PGA Tour at that point? So I don't know uh, how that's going to play out. But I, I will say the Live Tour was kind of my inspiration for this one. But I'll go with something different. Um, and that is Brittany Griner being detained in Russia. I mean, this just everything about it was controversial. Just, the, you know, whether or not she should have been detained over marijuana and, you know, the whole idea of, well, this is Russia's laws. Like, you're not in the U.S. anymore. It's different. And then the idea of her having to play in Russia to, you know, be able to support her life because WNBA players, like, should they be paid more? Like, there are controversies around that. And then her just being there trying to be able to get her out. Even the way she was ultimately freed is like, oh, did the U.S. give up too much in this prisoner exchange by giving them the the merchant of death, uh, Victor Kaut or whatever his name is. So uh, I think that this is a hugely controversial thing. Started in February, really wasn't resolved until December. Um, I think ultimately it's good that she's back. It's it's good that we don't have an American who's you know overseas stuck in in a Russian penal colony because I know it's it's very much not a great situation being out there. Uh, but it, it certainly led to a lot of different takes on social media, just, you know, in real life about, you know, everything about this and, you know, whether or not she deserves special treatment compared to other Americans in prison overseas. And um, I, yeah, I think that uh, this was you know right up there uh, for one of the, the biggest stories that was a crossover of sports and just, you know, politics and everything. Yeah, I had I had Brittany Griner as as one of my options. Uh, should have brought it up because it's not football, but I had to mention Dejan Watson. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I you know it's it's not a there's no clear and easy uh, stance to take. I don't think. Um, I think it's you know being in prison for that is ridiculous. But I was talking to someone and they were pretty much saying, "Yeah, I don't agree with with what happened." But if I were in Russia, I wouldn't be breaking any rules at all because it's Russia. And it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I I can't disagree with that. Like I'm not, not to, you know, I don't want to put this necessarily on, on Brittany Griner because of the, uh, because of the severity of how, of where things got to, but yeah, I wouldn't break any rules if I were in any foreign country really, or I mean here either, but, um, just it, 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 it seems like a, like a silly thing to, to risk, uh, but yeah, I, I didn't even know. I, I was stopped in a convenience store after work one day a couple weeks ago and they had a TV with the news on and I heard she was heard she was back. I didn't even uh I didn't even know until until then. But um yeah, you know, glad glad that glad she's that she was released, glad that that's resolved to some extent. Um, you know, there there's a lot of there's a lot of different things to think and feel about it. But yeah, definitely uh <laughs> definitely a big controversy. Yeah, th- it's yeah. one where kind of an uncomfortable topic where yeah, yeah i i feel the same way where it's like if it, it's ridiculous to get charged for that especially with how long she got charged for it but then at the same time like you said kenny that 
if you're in a country like that, you don't want to break any laws. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't want to do that yeah, anywhere, it, but especially there. Right? No, I would be yep. on my best behavior. Right. You know? Yeah, I know. And I, I, like I said, there's so many things like her being in Russia, you know, in the first place, and that was just a lot to that in terms of the controversies and like everything that stemmed from it. So, all right, let's go with our biggest mistake of the year in sports. Yeah. So I apologize for bringing him up a couple times, but I think it's, I think the biggest mistake is for sure trading for Russell Wilson, uh, the amount of, the amount of, uh, the amount of picks and players that, that the Broncos got rid of to get him and then to extend him because they extend him to a five-year deal, like what quarter of a billion dollar contract and (laughs) a contract that hasn't even started yet. And they're already probably regretting. It has, the contract hasn't even started, and it's already, it's already bad. And it's it's so bad that there's been this thing all year where can Russell Wilson throw more touchdown passes than the amount of bathrooms in his house because he has twelve bathrooms <laughs> in his house. And there's been a graph where like he slowly goes up and up, and then and sometimes not even up because he sometimes there are games where he doesn't throw a touchdown pass, and. I don't know what the number is right now without Googling it, but I think it's still under 12. I think it's like a 10 now. So there's a few more games to go, and I think he's going to be back from his concussion. But just the fact that the fact that it's even a conversation is so embarrassing and so bad, and it's really Russell Wilson's, the his perception has taken a complete 180 this year. Now, now people have not liked, there, there are definitely examples of people not liking him before, him being in Denver, uh, especially his former teammates, but I, I don't. But he's always been a good player. And yeah, he was always, always been fun to watch. But, and, uh-huh. but like now he's like so he's but he's always been kind of like the Carlton of the NFL, and he's always been kind of corny. <laughs> but uh-huh. now he's corny and he sucks. And 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 you got teammates, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they're now yelling at him during during games. Like the Broncos have led like. The one of the best defenses. I think they have the number one red zone defense, but the number thirty-two red zone offense. It's just been a total yeah, disaster for them this year. So yeah, trading for Russell Wilson uh, was the biggest mistake in my opinion. I mean, in uh, in Russell Wilson's defense, I this year am also not going to throw for more touchdown passes than bathrooms I have in my living space. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. So it's not like unheard of. Um. It's it's hard to argue with that. Uh, I I actually I had a stupid I had a stupid answer written down. Okay. Uh, I'm instead gonna go with an insane answer in terms of what people would probably expect from me. I I I, I didn't like my answer, so I've just been thinking, literally in the past minute or two. Uh, and I'm gonna go with uh with Tom Brady's decision to unretire. Uh, I think you that's know, very that's good. That's a good answer. Yeah. But I, I didn't. I wouldn't normally say that. You, I'm. I firmly believe that they're in these situations. We don't know what's going on. People can speculate all they want. They can look at what evidence we have. But like you look at, oh, Tom and Giselle got divorced. We don't know if that was actually because he went back and played football again. It's. It seems like it based on what we know. But we don't know these people. Oh, that's a great point. But, I, I, a lot of people have said like, oh, they got divorced be, because of this happening that because of him there have been rumors about them splitting or having a rift for years i'd imagine even if even if he what what if they were in the process of getting divorced 
I don't know, beforehand. I don't know. I think. Right. We don't know. Yeah. But like I, I, when he when he retired, I immediately thought it was weird. I, I, I had a hard time believing it when it was when it was reported. But Brady hadn't said anything yet. I didn't believe it. He'd for the first time in my life, I'd heard him talk recently about wanting to go out on a Super Bowl win or how at least it would be nice to do so. Uh, he, you know, he talked about playing till he, till he sucked. He doesn't suck. He certainly didn't at the end of last season. You know, obviously they, he, he lost a, a, a playoff game, an important game, but he didn't suck. None of it added up to me. Um, and I, and, and I'm not saying that I think the divorce is the, is the direct, uh, result of him coming back and playing more, but looking at the season he's had, looking at what has happened in his personal life. If he hadn't been playing football, he would have been able to focus more on that. He's not having a great season. Probably not winning the Super Bowl this year. If this is his last year, it's a bad one. He should have stayed retired. And I can't believe I'm saying I don't I'm glad he didn't. I love watching him play and I'm going to root for him until until one of us dies cuz I don't think I think that's <laughs> yeah. what's going to end it. But uh but yeah, I think, you know, it probably would have been better for him if he just if he just uh, stayed off the field. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously he's not going to destroy his legacy, but there's a big difference between going out off of what was like a really solid comeback against the Rams only to have his defense blow it in the end versus whatever is happening right now. And, you know, we'll see if he can find a way to salvage this bad season. But, uh, I mean, I think that's a very fair answer here. So I thought for sure that one of you is going to say Russell Wilson and the other was going to say the Jacoby Myers lateral play. That was the other but, one I had, but, it, but that's not the, that's not the biggest mistake. That was yeah. a, that was, it, you know, it ruined a game. It ended the chances of a season, but like it ultimately, it doesn't know. compare. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I do understand that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the trading for an extended Russell Wilson was a slam dunk answer here. Uh, just the way that, you know, it felt like the Broncos were a quarterback away and they're still a quarterback away, except they don't have a first round pick for the next two years. And they have this guy locked up to a five year, 230, whatever million dollar contract. And the guarantees aren't that much, but it's it's uh, it ended up being a really terrible decision on their part and the fact that seattle is seven and seven like very much in the nfc playoff race still just makes it look way worse so um i i do agree with uh that one here i i had like a stretch answer of trying to say that you know the cardinals blowing a the lead against the phillies in game one of the nl wild card round how that snowballed into the phillies going to the world series but i like they didn't really make any errors or anything so felt like a stretch so i'm i'm gonna stick with the the russell wilson answer here. yeah blowing a ninth inning lead is a little bit of a stretch compared to like yeah it'd be one thing if it was like like i said it was like on an error like a bad managerial decision but it was just it was just your old run of the mill you know, rally and come uh, back. I, I, so. When it comes to the Broncos, I, I, I got to imagine that they fire Hackett. He's, he, he blows mm-hmm. as a coach. I, I, I was out on him day one <laughs> of, of him <laughs> as, as a coach yeah. that would work out. I, I, if they were to fire him, they, they get someone, I don't want to say Sean Payton, but just someone, someone just better. <laughs> uh, if they get a competent head coach, that, that knows what he's doing, make a big difference. Then, then maybe, maybe that turns it around. Uh, Russell Wilson's uh, career a little bit mm-hmm. with the way this year panned, panned out. Uh, so I don't want to say it's like over, but it, it's not looking good right now uh, for that contract. 
All right, so our last sports topic, biggest loser. Uh, oh, no, is, yeah, it, is it me? I think it's Kenny. It's this time, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't mention this in the last one because I was going to mention it here. The biggest loser is the Denver Broncos. What are they doing? <laughs> they, I mean, they, they gave up so much. They And they get this. You know, it's they they're done. They're the new Jacksonville Jaguars and the Jacksonville Jaguars are the new, I don't know, New England Patriots. Hopefully <laughs> I, I the, 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 the Russell Wilson trade was it was it was a, it was a big swing and it was a big miss. I mean, and like you said, yeah, sure. Things could turn around still, but I don't think they're going to. I just I certainly, you know, no matter what happens moving forward, uh, they're the biggest loser of this trade of this league. Uh, end of this year, I will say. Um, I think you could have yeah. taken it a step further too, and just gone with the Walmart family because they paid four point <laughs> six five billion dollars to inherit this mess. I mean, they they could have held out for a different team, and yeah, they. Uh, hey, that return oh God, on investment a, does not look very good early on. There's a there's a Simpsons episode from like two thousand two or something where where uh, someone buys Homer a sports team and he's all excited. And then it pans out and the Denver Broncos are in his frame. He's like, oh, the Denver Broncos. And <laughs> 20, 30, however many years later, still true. That's, still true, Homer. That's awesome. So you know how there, there are certain trophies that are named after a person. Like if you win the, if you win the Super Bowl, you win the Vince Lombardi trophy. Or if you, yep. uh, if you win the NBA finals, you win the Larry O'Brien trophy. Well, Corey, if, if, if we continue this, uh, I I want I want you to name it. Who who's the winner of the Kyrie Irving Trophy? I I, w- I want that to be the thing from now on because he's he is my answer pretty much every year, and he's my answer again. He is a go. loser. I don't care what anyone says. I know he's a great basketball player, great talent, but he is a first class loser. Uh, Kyrie Irving, probably my least favorite athlete on earth. And, you know, there was all the all the turmoil with him and the Celtics and uh, and he leaves and screws us over and goes to Brooklyn. And part of me is happy about that, of course, now since he's still a head case, even in Brooklyn, because when he left for Brooklyn, he was even though, again, amazing talent. He was still a headache where he's he's, you know, he missed like a lot of a lot of uh, 2021 because you know, in the state of New York, you need to be vaccinated uh, to play in home games, and he couldn't play in any home games. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. so yeah, and that he, bled he was just leaving Kevin Durant well. on an island by himself uh, without getting the vaccine. And so, of course, he's someone that's an anti-vaxxer. Like that, that doesn't surprise me whatsoever. But now this year, it's reaching new levels with this with this anti-Semitism. It's just, dude has no um, self-awareness whatsoever. He is the worst. So uh, that was a shoe in <laughs> Kyrie Irving gets a <laughs> loser of the year once again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not, not a huge surprise from you. Uh, it, he's definitely in the running every year. It seems like, <laughs> uh, so uh, the Broncos are my like first choice here. I figured that one of you would go with them. I, I'm between two. Um, 
but I'm going to go with one that one of them makes me happy. The other one makes me upset. So I'm going to go with one that makes me happy and stick with the sport of NBA and possibly the team that Kyrie Irving plays for in 2023. That is the Los Angeles Lakers. And man, I, I really hope that COVID bubble that no fans got to see in person was worth it for those fans because things have gotten just disastrous for that franchise, which is just crazy to think about because they still have LeBron James and he's still playing at a high level, but this team just they they tried to go and build this uh three-headed monster with LeBron James, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook and it just didn't work out. 2022 just became horrible for them. They made no moves at the trade deadline and their second half just not even a competitive basketball team. Didn't even make the play-in tournament. All you have to be is top 10, not just top 8 of a already like easy to get into field. Lakers miss out and then this offseason didn't really do anything to try to correct themselves and they find themselves I think 11th place in the Western Conference and things started to look kind of good where Russell Westbrook goes to the bench things are looking better Anthony Davis looks awesome and now he what, has a broken foot he's gonna miss a month and it, it's just like another example of the things not going great for the Lakers and they don't have a tradable draft pick until 2027. Maybe they'll find a way to salvage things in 2023. But for me, I think that the Lakers uh, just find themselves in a very undesirable position, which is crazy to think about just where this team was a couple of years ago. And if you're wondering the answer that makes me upset, it's Heim Bloom, uh, president of oh, the Red Sox. He's up there too. He's, he's had a bad year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's rough right now for him. That's a good answer uh -huh. too. All right, so let's transition into our pop culture honors, and we'll get started with, uh, I, I kind of always struggle to figure out exactly how to name this, but the idea is it's our biggest internet news story that, you know, was popular on the internet, got people talking, but try to keep COVID and politics out of it more just, uh, you know, within the other realm of things. So Brian, why don't you get started with this one? Yeah. So the story that took the internet by storm, I felt like this year was Will Smith <laughs> slapping Chris Rock uh, during yep. the Oscars. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. wild. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, I don't want to, I don't want to blame people for feeling this way, but a lot of people like, just hate Will Smith now. We'll never watch his movies and all this, but I don't care. Like it, it, he was defending his wife over something that offended her, like over a GI Ain joke. And so he was defending his wife and he, he didn't handle it right. I'm not saying that's what, no, that's, I, I don't want to downplay it too much. Like what he did was yeah, wrong. It, it wasn't, I it was I don't think it's that big of a, yeah, it, it wasn't right. He did not handle it the right way but that doesn't mean i'm just gonna completely cancel out will yeah, smith like right. oh he sucks like i hate this guy like no i'm still i'm still a fan i still like his movies i still like fresh prince of bel-air i'll still watch it if it's on and like it was just a mis yeah it was it was it, was it, was it wasn't handled it was bad, yeah. it wasn't handled right but that doesn't mean i would cancel him like millions of other people and but either way like that story was talked about for a, a, a while uh yeah yeah, certainly. Yeah, was. So that's, yeah, that's I mean, it one. was a wild moment. It was also toxic, like people debating whether it was real or staged yeah, to try to get yeah. people I, to tune my in. My immediate Oscars reaction was, like, was like, "Oh, this is so fake." But, <laughs> but looking into it more, thinking about it more, like, "Oh, wow, that really was real." <laughs> yeah. Well, he got suspended by the academy for ten years, so feels like a that's, pretty that's harsh punishment for someone that's fake. ten years. Yeah. I know. I, I, I agree. I, I think it was a uh, crazy, like I understand heat of the moment kind of thing. I mean, obviously bad look on his yeah, part. Kick him out for the night. Like that, that, that's, that, that would have uh -huh. been my, 
if I were punishing him for for it, like just that ten years ten year ban. That's that's absurd. Mm-hmm. Can't even arrest him if you don't. But yeah, ten years. <laughs> but that doesn't matter to them if they get arrested. Who cares? Uh-huh. Uh. I went with, um, you know, this may, I apologize. This, this may be like vaguely political, but a lot of things are, uh, you know, they, 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 they blend into the scope of politics, sure. but it's not really political. Uh, Elon Musk buying, buying Twitter was, uh, mm-hmm. was pretty crazy. Talked about earlier in the year of, you know, he was, he was in talks for a deal and then he, he canceled on it. And then it's like, $44 billion or something he spent. And, you know, Elon loves to be talked about. Uh, I don't want to give him too much of what he wants, but that was, that was, and still is, it's like still a, you know, an ongoing saga of what is going on. He recently tweeted a poll and he said, if he got over 50% of people voting that for him to step down, he was going to, he did get that vote. I don't know if he actually, I don't know what's going on, but, uh, it it's been it's been uh, it's been in the news. Don't know if uh, don't know if others have heard about it. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I wrote down two backup answers, and it was the Will Smith slap and Elon Musk buying Twitter. I mean, those are both huge moments, and of, of course, the whole Elon thing like that's still ongoing. I I don't know what's gonna come of it. I imagine that he'd rather have someone else run the day to day operations of Twitter. Like he has so many right. other companies and so many other things involved in like, you know, I, I don't know why he'd want to be like this plugged into it. But that that was a huge news. I mean, there are talks of Twitter just completely shutting down because of this. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know that that's going to happen at this point, but I, I think that's a very reasonable answer here. Um, so, like I said, those are my like two and three answers. My number one, though, is the FTX investment fraud. And I'm not a big crypto guy, but I mean, this is a story that just goes well beyond just a, a random company uh, going defunct and a, a CEO going to prison. I mean, you ha- you're talking about all these like celebrity and athlete endorsements. Tom Brady got caught up in this. Steph Curry was involved. Larry David, the whole like Super Bowl commercial where he's like, ah, like I, I'm always right. Like, I, I don't know about this. And, like, <laughs> it he, is. He's getting sued for his part in. In FTX, where in the commercial, he's saying that it's not going to work out, and it actually did not work out, but he's getting sued over it. (laughs) It is. I mean, it is a Curb Your Enthusiasm plot, like in real life. Just incredible. And So basically what happened was Sam Bankman-Fried, the 30-year-old guy running this, uh, so I think he kind of broke off, created FTX as like a subsidiary of Alameda Research Company, and he took $10 billion in investor funds and uh, used them to, I guess, like try to pay off something else. And it's just like a very misappropriation of funds, like a ton of money involved there. He ends up going down for this. And of course, everyone else involved finally was arrested in the Bahamas. It's looking like, you know, we'll see what the judge does. But based on New York laws and stuff and involved in this, he could be facing life in prison, probably minimum of 20 years. Just like this crazy story. That's all this stuff that's come out of it. And I think that this is something that anyone involved like in the world of crypto, like it's it's very much a big story. And then the tie into sports and the Miami Heat named the arena FTX Arena. MLB umpires were sponsored by FTX. They wore a patch on them. Like if, if anyone is going to be like serious and like enforcing rules and stuff, it's going to be MLB umpires. So I just think it's it's crazy like how how big FTX got, like how many big names were caught up in this and are, you know, like you said, now being screwed. 
Tom Brady's being screwed by a Patriots fan. He's like, oh, Brady endorsed it. Obviously, I'm going to throw all my money in this because I'm a big Brady fan. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, all three of those were up there for me. But, yeah, I think um, there were a lot of crazy stuff, and uh, that that's certainly one of them. All right, so now let's move on to the arts, and let's start in music, and let's start with best album of 2022. Um, I like to have answers here that people will have heard of. Um, so my my favorite album of the year it doesn't quite make sense. Unfortunately, the other thing I have listed here, I only listened to once, and it was recent. Okay. Um, so I'm just I'm just gonna mention both of them. I I don't really feel like I'm gonna be stepping on toes to be honest. Uh, Lizzo has a has had an album come out this year called Special. Uh, I really didn't I hadn't listened to Lizzo before except for uh, except for um, Truth Hurts, uh, and I I didn't like that song, so I didn't really know anything uh, by her other than that. But I listened to the album; and it was it was good, uh, and and I, and I did like it. Um, it's it's a bit more of a serious answer because it's it's popular. Uh, she's popular. My the album I listened to most certainly was Worldwide Pop by Superorganism. Um, they're a, they're a favorite band of mine. They uh, they actually brought me up on stage last time I saw them. It was pretty. Oh fun. really? That's um, cool. Yeah, they, they uh, I I like Instagram messaged them about um, playing a song, and they they were like. Oh, it's Kenny Kishman here. And I was like, that's me. Um, and the, it, it was cool. But uh, their album, I really like their album a lot. Uh, so that was like my album of the year would be Worldwide Pop by Superorganism. But in terms of a, a more popular album that I liked, uh, Lizzo's special was very good. It's not from the same album, but I, I like that song, Everybody Wants to Be Famous. Like yeah, that. that's from their first yeah, album. I, yeah, that one's really I, good. I, I like that's, that song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so for mine, I, I just by default, I, I I'll go with Midnight's from Taylor Swift, but <laughs> but I've mentioned before to Corey that okay, like I'm picking this by default because like it's her, but I I just don't I don't like most like r- music that comes out now. I I listen to more stuff from like the early two thousands or. Or just or just late twentieth century like seventies eighties or nineties like I, I'm stuck in the past when it comes to music. I just I I'm not saying I don't listen to any music uh, that comes out now, but but yeah, for the most part, I don't care for most music that comes out now. But but I'll still be excited for any Taylor Swift album that comes out. And yeah, when this one came out, there are a couple of songs I like, like Antihero, uh, one of them for sure. And a few other songs. Is that the one where it says it's me? I'm the problem. I'm the it's problem. me. Yeah, that's, that's. I only know. I've only heard that one. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that's anti-hero, and like that song and a couple other ones I like, but for the most part, I didn't care for it. Um, but it's the only album that I can really mention. Um, so that's by default. I'm going with that. So uh, my best album is actually one kind of like Kenny. I didn't really start listening to it until. Very recently, and I, I kind of wish that I did sooner. I like knew some of the singles on it, and I just uh, finally decided to give the the full album a try. And you know, last year I went with Olivia Rodrigo. I don't know if this one's that much better, but it's a uh, Harry's House by Harry Styles, yeah, and I yeah. I thought that this was awesome. Like, so like, the singles, music for a sushi restaurant. Late Night Talking, as it was, those are all hugely popular, like near tops of the chart. But even just some of the other ones that aren't like those, you know, big party, uh, you know, 
fun songs on this like matilda is one that i really enjoyed a uh, little freak in there now there are some skips on this i will admit that but i i think that as someone who didn't listen to nearly enough uh new music in 2022 as i liked like this this was an album that really stood out to me and uh yeah i mean i i guess i'm gonna you know come out as a, a harry styles fan at this point so um, you know, really glad that I, I did finally take the time to, to listen to this one and not just kind of acknowledge it as some songs that are like I hear on commercials or in bars every now and then. And, you know, really, really get to, to listen to some of his music here because, I mean, I, I always enjoyed some One Direction songs back in the day. Like, I'll admit that I thought they had some fun ones. And I think Harry Styles has been like the the best of the One Direction guys in terms of their solo careers. Certainly the most successful. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I did quite like, uh, his first two albums, his, uh, his, uh, his self-titled album and, um, the other, fine uh, line. fine line. Um, but I, I actually haven't listened to his new album yet. I only know as it was, which I, I love that. Song. It's that, awesome. That, song. Yep. One of my favorite songs of the year. Um, but yeah, I, I need to listen to the, to the whole album still. Yeah, definitely recommend it. All right. So now let's, uh. Go to individual songs and our song of the year. I thought for sure Harry Styles was not going to be mentioned until I we got to this <laughs> <Really>? category <laughs> and I was going to mention as it was. I love that song. <laughs> it's so I, good. I thought yeah, for sure awesome no one would even remotely mention <laughs> Harry Styles <laughs> and that song until like, oh, well, my favorite album was Harry's. Like, oh, great. I was wondering why you my had that reaction. For, for yeah. This, but yeah. No, that's, that's fine. I knew it was coming. Uh, when Corey uh, started talking about Olivia Rodrigo, I knew. Yeah. <laughs> In my top 100, like there's basically nothing from this year, but that song was was up. It wasn't top five, but it was up there for me. I, I mm-hmm. I think the I think the beginning is a little cringy, but other than that, I, I think it's Dude. a great song. And Come on, Harry, you want to say goodnight to you? Yeah, like that part's a little cringy for me. But <laughs> other than that, uh, I, I like I like the song a lot. And in in like what you said, Kenny, like there are definitely some other songs from his from his past albums. From like, Fine Line, I like the uh, Adore You and Falling. Those are probably my two favorite songs from that album. Yeah. Um. But yeah, from Harry's House, yeah, as it was. It's not when you Google top songs of 2022, or if you just look on Spotify, best songs of 2022. That's always on, like every. Oh, it's on yeah. every list. Yeah. And, but but yep. but it's the one. It's one song that I really agree with people on it. Uh, so yeah, that's one I had. Uh, for, it was definitely the song like No Dead Bat for me for this for this award. Um, just want to say, uh, since we're, since we're a, a Harry Styles podcast now, uh, <laughs> sign of the times, sign of the times from his first album, his self-titled album. Excellent song. Really great. Um, I, I was, I nearly had, uh, as it was as my top song of the year. It was, it was the first one that came to mind. It's, it's so good. It's one of my favorite songs of the year easily, despite not uh, having listened to the rest of the album. Um, and Brian, you're talking about your Spotify wrapped yeah spotify rap. top 100 yeah uh-huh. that's what i meant by yeah that. my my top five songs are from super organisms album uh, <laughs> I, I had a bit of a one-track mind this year in terms of music but uh-huh. um my favorite song is actually going to be from one of from from the other album i mentioned uh lizzo's album special uh to be loved in parentheses am i ready is is phenomenal uh, again i only discovered the song maybe a month or two ago um, but it, it, it's easily my favorite song of the year. It's, it's so good. It's, it's, it's very, 
it's 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 very uh it's very poppy you know it's very high energy and uh and i like it i like it a lot and uh a lot a lot of good songs um 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 from from her album but this one in particular was was the standout to me do you just look it up friend I was gonna play it, but I'm like, I'm in the middle me. of this. I was like, I'll to it okay, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know if you muted it. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I don't know that I heard new Lizzo this year. I probably did, and I like didn't even occur to me that she released a new album. Um, I think she's had a lot of bangers over the years, a lot of great songs. Beyond Just Truth Hurts, which is a, a very fun song, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I'll need to check some I'm of those. Ne- I've out never listened to. To her, I mean, yeah. So. No, I, I I do appreciate her. Um, I do think she's very musically talented. Um, so I also considered as it was, but I didn't want to double up best album and song of the year. And I'm gonna go a little unconventional with my song of the year. And um, to me, it's it's running up that hill by Kate Bush. And I know this was released 37 years ago, but you couldn't go out in public this summer without hearing this song playing somewhere. It just Stranger Things just made this song blow up beyond anywhere it was in 1985 when this song was released. Like, I think it's a good song. I think it's catchy. It's it's entertaining. I'm personally not a Stranger Things fan, so I was someone who just heard it because of everyone else uh because right. they they watched it when it, i think it was the the first half of season four f- like finale was uh, when they they played this and everyone it discovered like it. They, it it was not even like half it was like six of eight episodes it was weird, okay but yeah yeah it was a big part of the part of the plot I didn't realize we were allowed to pick songs from uh, from the eighties. Yeah, I but, mean, uh, <laughs> I I decided to, to stretch this one here. I mean, it, there are probably songs from twenty twenty two that better describe the year, better airplay, whatever. But I think that this song just <laughs> out of nowhere, like it, it's not a song that I had even heard before this year, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's like number one on the charts because of this this show and everyone just breaking it out like anytime i would be out eating at a restaurant it would always come on it comes on at bars all the time or just like if you're out shopping somewhere and they have music playing like it would it would always come on so i think it was reasonable to throw this one out here uh it is stretching it a little do you have another song that you think would have fit here that's not from 2022 me or Kenny? No, uh, no. Kenny. Uh, I, I specifically, I was looking at a list, like a 2022 playlist, and I saw Running Up That Hill. Uh, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. But no, it's not from this year. Yeah, I feel like there was uh, a remix that was done that came out at some yeah, point. I don't probably. even know if it was this year or if like that's one that's like popular. But yeah. Well, I, I, I do. It's, I'm not like a huge Stranger Things fan, but I, I've kept up with it and I watched it. And mm-hmm. I, I like that song a lot. Probably like I like it because of Stranger Things, I think. Like I I'd heard it and it was fine, uh-huh. but it, you know, it being a part of the plot and the show kind of kind of made it uh to me it, it had it it's a more powerful song uh that makes in regards to the show. Mm-hmm. Um real quick, I hate to give I I really hate to give honorable mention to Megan Trainer, but Made You Look is also a very good song. I I'm sorry to say <laughs> that I like it. When I was looking okay. through my, you know, Spotify wrapped, I was I was thinking that uh, uh, the album Justice from Justin Bieber might have been an option, but I'm like, oh wait, like that came out last year. That came out in 2021. But I had several songs from that album in my top, like uh, Ghosts, Peaches, and and Holy. Like those were like a few mm-hmm. of my songs. Uh, yeah, I mean, Peaches is is awesome. Yeah, that Peach- might be his best song ever. Yeah, Peaches was like near my top five last year. 
in in 2021 yeah. and so so it made me realize like oh like that was 2021 like not 2022 yeah, just barely missed the cut yeah yeah all right so now let's uh move on from music and let's go with our best tv series is this me again yeah yes <laughs> uh i uh I didn't watch a lot of new TV this year, but I did every every year that it's come out since it's since its creation. I kept up with Better Call Saul. Uh, and the final season was released this year. Uh, I actually already talked about it on this podcast earlier yeah, this year. You did. Um, I really liked the way they wrapped things up. I thought they did a really good job. Uh, you know, similarly with Breaking Bad, they didn't end it because they had to. They ended it because the story was done. And I think they did a really great job of wrapping it up, tying together uh, the character of Jimmy slash Saul, his, his past and his, his, you know, compared to the Breaking Bad timeline, his past and his future. Um, so yeah, Better Call Saul, for me, one of two new shows I watched this year, but definitely uh, for me, the, the better of the two, the more impactful after, you know, being a, a fan of Breaking Bad and then keeping up with this story year to year, uh, was not disappointed. In fact, I was blown out of the water at, at times, uh, not quite by the, the very end, but the very end was, was satisfying. I was, I was happy with it. So, and I'm and surprised you saying you only watched two new shows this year. Cause I, I feel like there's way more uh, well, that. Okay. I know that That's not, watch. I watched the Marvel shows. But okay. You're not counting. It almost, I'm, I, I, it almost I doesn't say. count, but okay. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's just, mine's the same answer because like I, I just recently started watching like, I, Kenny, Kenny finished it, but like I just started watching, and so far I'm enjoying it. And I've heard the same opinion from pretty much everyone that it's not as good as Breaking Bad, but it's still really good. And that's how I'd imagine when I get more into the series and then and then finish it uh, eventually. That's how I'll feel about it. I'll have this. I'll have a, like similar opinion to everyone else because because I really did enjoy Breaking Bad, especially seasons three, four, and five. But but obviously like the spinoff better call Saul, which yes it didn't come out uh this year but it the series finale was this year yeah. and so it's it's a very different show from breaking bad so it's kind of hard to compare them but i would say honestly it's it's at times as good mm-hmm. as breaking in my opinion okay wow <laughs> yeah i mean i think breaking bad is very much up there like regularly in discussion of greatest tv show ever created right. so the yeah. fact that better call saul could even compare to it would be you know impressive in its own right um so my tv series of the year i've known this would be the answer for a very long time uh almost had a bit of a change in recent weeks here but uh i think it's the other show that you are talking about kenny just given a conversation we had a few months ago but that's the boys on amazon prime I thought season three was incredible. I think Homelander has very much emerged as like an all time TV show villain. Uh, Just like this, the way that I described the season is every episode got crazier felt like than the last one. And the bar is already so high for the show. Like there are times where I thought I knew it was going to happen and I was totally wrong. You know, anytime I was thinking that something crazy would happen, it was all right. No, this isn't a crazy moment. And then just unexpectedly something like, whoa, where did this come from? 
I thought this was so well done. And I, I'm excited to see where they continue to go with the show. I never read the comics, but I, I love this. And I'm someone who's not like a giant superhero fan. Like I definitely have an appreciation for a lot of uh, various superhero movies over the years. And um, this was a show that I just I couldn't get enough of. Like had to watch it every week when it came out. And um, I'm kind of glad that I did that because it's a lot. Like I don't think that this is a show that I could binge and watch multiple episodes at a time because it's just. It, it it's a roller coaster. I'm someone who is a big superhero fan, and I'll 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 be honest. I forgot about the boys. Actually, I forgot that the new season came out this year. I forgot yep. I watched it. <laughs> I actually I didn't keep up with it week to week. I did binge it, and it is a lot. It's uh-huh. not for the faint of heart. No, certainly. not at all. Um, I probably still wouldn't put it above Better Call Saul, but I, th- it was a great season. Um, uh, fr- frankly, for me, a bit of a lackluster ending to the season, but. But it was still really great, and they've they've already deviated greatly from the comics. Uh, I haven't okay. read them, but from what I've heard, um, there's there's major plot points that they've already completely abandoned. Um, I think that's a good thing. I think it, it keeps yeah, keeps you on your toes, and not, and... and not to not even abandoned. They've changed major mm-hmm. plot, like character reveals have been different essentially. So okay. it's, they're not gonna they're not gonna be following the comics, which I think I agree. I think is good. Um, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. It's, it's, it's I thought season two was a bit of a dip for me, but mm-hmm. season three was, was great. Yeah. Like I say, didn't love the ending, but I loved everything before. It. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, season one is like so long ago at this point, but I feel like yeah. season three is my favorite season thus far. Um, I really love the character arc of Kimiko. Like she quickly became one of my favorite characters in the way that, um, you know, she was brought about in season three. I think like she really took on a starring role this year and I love that. Um, all right, and now let's uh, go with our final category, and that is our best movie of 2022. I watched three movies this year that came out this year. Uh, first one was <laughs> Death on the Nile. I'm, I, I, I like mystery movies a lot, so, that, so that's one of the reasons why I watched it, and just because Gal Gadot is amazing. Uh, but it was not a movie I cared for that much. And then same thing with Elvis. I mentioned before with you, Corey, that there, there, there are definitely people that some people like it, but I, I did not care for Elvis that much. Uh, but the one movie that I loved this year was Top Gun. I thought Top Gun was incredible, and the it blew me away because the I've seen the I saw the first Top Gun that came out like thirty plus years ago, and I thought it was a really cheesy movie, and so I had low expectations coming into Top Gun Maverick. But I, I thought it was, I thought it was incredible, just like many other people thought it was, and. And I don't know, there's, there's great, a lot of great, uh, characters, like not just Maverick, but also Rooster, who was, who was, uh, you know, you know, the Miles Teller's character and then, uh, Iceman, uh, you got to see him again and, and yeah, so a lot of great characters and, and it's, I don't know, I, I really like Maverick's character in this movie where he has to face the fears of his past and, and can confront them and, and and teach because he's an instructor in the movie and and he does a great job in it and it's definitely one of my favorite tom cruise movies now and so yeah top gun was amazing yeah i think my biggest regret of the year was not seeing top gun in theaters yeah i I still haven't been to a theater since before covid but i think that's how you have to watch it (laughs) yeah i was never a big movie theater guy to begin with and yeah that, that was one where i told myself i would go and i just i never took the time to do it 
I love uh, I love movie theaters. Um, I have not seen Top Gun. Not this isn't like a criticism of of people who have seen the movie certainly, but it's crazy to me that we're still supporting Tom Cruise. Like I know he's a good actor, but like <laughs> it's crazy to me that despite everything that that he all of his controversy, we're still we're still like yeah, let's go give him money. <laughs> but I I didn't see Top Gun simply because I wasn't uh, personally interested, not because of a vendetta against the man. Um, I, I, I will see it at some point. I just haven't. Um, I saw more movies than Brian, but not a ton this year. Um, I won't mention my honorable mention just in case it gets brought up, but there was one movie I really loved, but I, I couldn't possibly put it as my movie of the year because I think that the best movie I saw this year easily was everything everywhere all at once. Um, I think it, you don't see a lot of original scripts, in general anymore that's not a, an adaptation or a sequel or, or or a remake and everything ever all at once was its own story it was beautifully done it, it was a it was a gorgeous movie aesthetically it had a, a great plot it was multiverse stuff which i love uh i think they did a great job with the story the action just everything about it was 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 amazing um and I, I had high expectations for that movie and, and it, it met them if not, if not uh, surpassed them. So that was, that was easily my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. So part of me was like, yeah, do I throw out Elvis if mine gets taken just cause I know Brian didn't like it. Cause I, I did enjoy it, but uh, I'm not seriously going to do that. My answer is also everything everywhere all at once. Like I, I thought that was really well done. Uh, like it just, uh, I think the New York times described it as, um, an anarchy of film genres like I don't even know how how you can group yeah. that because like yeah it's it's a thriller but it's so much more than that like it has a lot of comedy to it and maybe dark comedy in a lot of ways but I think that this like I agree it was really well done I'm not someone who's like this big multiverse guy but I think that they nailed the whole concept of it and like putting it into a great movie um, really really well done and uh i mean you you already said a lot of good stuff about it but i remember um affable chat uh you know benjamin carlson tweeted out that this was the movie of the year and i know you had talked about it and how good it was and i was like okay i need to check it out really glad that i did uh definitely enjoyed this one and uh yeah it was not really much of a question for me and i i thought there was a good chance that you would put this as yours but well and on top of everything you said it also it had so much heart and there's a i don't want to spoil the movie but the the for 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 you Corey, for those who have seen it the the laundry and taxes scene like it it hit me so hard like it's Mm -hmm. it's it really pulls at your heartstrings um it's just a really great movie it all around i have very uh very few criticisms and they're all minor and not even worth mentioning i just think it's a phenomenal movie yep uh best best i've seen in a long time um let alone just of the year. Um, and just real quick, I love Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Disney Plus movie. I thought it was so well done. It was so fun. Uh, but it, it doesn't compare to, to the, <laughs> the masterpiece of everything everywhere all at once. Uh, nice. just, just a fun movie that would be my favorite otherwise. My, my yeah. runner-up, but it's, it's not close. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that I saw a ton of Disney Plus this year. I like I watched Husky Musical, the musical the series, season three, but... Uh, I mean, it, it was a good season, but I, I definitely still put the boys over that. Like, that was never a consideration. Yeah, yeah. I did say that earlier. Part of me was like, 
I watched the last two episodes of White Lotus, and I was like, man, I really wish I watched this one from the beginning instead of just jumping in at the end. Because I, I was with friends, and they were watching it, and I didn't want to go home, but it just left me like regretting it. Because I was like, I would enjoy the show. I, I watched season two of White Lotus. Uh, White Lotus, yeah, by the way. Yeah, specifically but, what I was talking about. So. Yeah, I, I was told season one was unrelated, and then I found out after season two that three of the characters in it are from season one, apparently. Is it three? I thought it was only one. I, I it was, think it was it was one and then two. Well, I think it was. I mean, I don't. I can say character. I think it was yeah. Tanya, Greg, and Portia were all in season one, but Tanya was the okay. main one. Yeah, which um, that makes sense. But I didn't really feel lost without the first season or anything because uh, it's an anthology. F- like they're not like fully connected. Right. So. Um, and phenomenal theme song. J- just oh, such yeah. a <laughs> such a banger of a theme song. Yes, that's, man. That's uh, something else. Yeah, for sure. Brian, are you about to say something? No. Okay. (laughs) All right. So that'll do it for this one. That'll do it for He's Done It in 2022. Kenny, thank you as always for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's always a good time. As a reminder, C-Team Podcast comes out every week. Uh, You know, way smaller shorter episodes than these but you know hopefully this will at least keep you entertained like again no new episode next week so hopefully if uh you know the the runtime was too much you're smart and spread it out uh before the next episode comes out uh which will be in 2023 nfl just a couple weeks left in the season at that point get ready for the playoffs and yeah so Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year, Happy Kwanzaa, you know, Happy Boxing Day. We got a lot of holidays that are they're coming up here at the end of the year. And for my co-host Brian Wells and special guest host Kenny Cashman, I'm Corny Botney. Thanks everyone.